0: This is your Commander-in-Chief. I am issuing a warning. The following podcast contains adult content and intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is
1: advised. Enjoy. Hey
2: everybody, welcome to a brand new MMA Roasted podcast. It's me, Adam Hunter. I got a great team of co-hosts today. I got Marina Shafir. What's up? As well as Luke Barnott. How's it hanging? Uh, it's hanging, hanging low, man. And then uh, we have Rob Van Dam, four twenty, uh, as well as Derek Brun- Brunson on the show. Um, it's going to be a great show. We got uh, we got a, a good bunch of guests. I just what was that? I, I did shows all week. I had a show in San Diego actually uh, last week, which I think San Diego crowds are the best. I, I, if, I had, if I had to live one where we the one place, I don't want to be San Diego because the chicks are smoking hot uh, and
3: way out of your league. <laughs> Uh, thank you. I, I pray
2: appreciate that, Lucy. She, I tell you, I'm like Charlie Brown. She fucking removes the football every time I come. No, this, it's way hot. And uh, it's a, kind of like a cool military presence about it. The whole town, everyone's very down to earth. Show was great. Uh, sh- I had you know, shows Friday and Saturday. I went for a hike with uh, – well, actually, it was pretty athletic. I ran a couple miles this week and then went for a hike with uh, – with the the uh, new girl who's already the ex girl, but we'll get into that later. <laughs> Whoa, uh, no, that we're, happened
3: we're, fast. we're just
2: better off as friends. We're better off as friends. Wrong. She's a really great girl. But we went we went for a hike, and then I ran into the ex girlfriend on the hike, which was always awkward. Uh, Is she from
4: San Diego? No, she's from Al- She's from L. A. We so to- she stalked you and went to the same yeah,
2: hiking maybe. spot. Yeah, maybe it was it was It was, it was it's, a, it's a cool little hike. Um, and uh, it was a pretty relaxing week though. Lots of lots of comedy shows. Uh, uh, was it was at Flappers and haha and, uh, you know, watch watch Titan fighting, watched UFC fights over the weekend, UFC in Rio, which we're going to talk about. And uh,
3: it was fun. Marina, how was your week? It was good. Um, I worked and I worked out a lot, just the usual. Something happened to me last week, though. I forgot what it was.
2: That's always great when you forget. <laughs> yeah.
3: I love that. Normally, you say nothing. Yeah. Finally, when you remember about
2: your week, you forget, forget about it. That's always great. Maybe you write it down yeah. or... Uh,
3: I don't usually, like, summarize my weeks.
2: Well, and since it's a podcast, which involves us talking into a microphone, people listening on the radio, right. maybe you might want to just take a note, like, hey, this week I did this. Just have one thing, yeah. maybe. Just. There's All right, way. thanks. So, Luke, <laughs> it's great it's great having Luke in
4: studio. Luke, how are so you? So
3: good to have Luke in studio. Uh,
4: I'm, I'm very well, guys. I'm very
3: well.
4: <laughs> now, I, um, I, I could summarize my week yes. before, we, before we get into anything else. Sure. Sure. Um, uh, no, I, I'm joking. We, I got to eat, which was nice. Nice uh, in general, because obviously I was meant to be fighting in two weeks, and everything changed, which we'll talk about in a sec. So I've been stuffing my face all week uh, and eating cinnabons. I got those cinnabons <laughs> that you can you can actually make yourself. I didn't know these really did. They come in those like tube things. And yeah. You yeah. Pop the tube and then you You've bake them. You've never made those before? No, well, I still haven't. Lucy made them for me. Do they before. have those in England? Not, well, if they do, I'm going to hunt them out when I go home. Okay. I, I That's like so.
3: such an American thing. What, I've, Cinnabons? Yeah, those Cinnabons, but like all those. Also, those like little croissant rolls that you can hand make—it's such an American thing. Yeah, I've
4: never seen it before, and they like come in this tube that like pops. You should like, go back and thing. like market it in England. You could be
2: a, a, become a fucking billionaire. We're nowhere <laughs> near
4: as fat in England as you are over here. I don't think do that did so well.
2: That's true. Now, since we last, uh, you were supposed to fight Clint, right? Yeah. You were supposed to fight Clint. Now, now, how far in the training camp were you before f- to prepare for Clint?
4: Um, I mean, I was—he—he he pulled out with four weeks to go, so it was four weeks till the fight, and I'd been out in San Diego for about five weeks. And I've been training probably two, two, three before that. But, like, my camps have changed a little bit because I used to try and do, like, a super long camp, like, 12 weeks to get ready. Because I'm – I actually worked out I've only been doing mixed martial arts total, like, anything. It will be six years in April. So I've only, like, been doing any sort of martial arts for that long. So I try and train all year round, obviously, to get better like everybody does. But I'm playing catch-up with everything. So right. I'm always on the mat, always trying to improve, always trying to get better. But my camps, so I was, like, concentrating on one opponent, trying to make it, like, 10-week camp or as long as possible. Uh, now I've sort of changed that a little bit, and I've tried to make it, like, six weeks of a solid hard. Because the training alliance is so intense and the, the training partners are so, you know, tough and I get beat up quite a lot. It's like I need my body to heal in between those camps. Right, so you're doing shorter camps. So I'm doing shorter camps now. So Smart. rather than trying to extend them and make them longer. So, like, I was meant to be fighting. I, I'd been about three weeks into camp. And I had four weeks left. So it was now, like
2: you and Clint way. are friends, right, from The Ultimate Fighter?
4: Yeah, yeah, we're really good friends. Now, was me. it
2: hard to get excited for a guy you're friends with?
4: No, no, no. I think there's more on more offer. Like, there's more bragging rights when you <laughs> fight your friends. Like, me and Clint are, <laughs> are good mates, and we saw each other a couple of weeks ago. The, literally, the week before he pulled out, we were in L.A. together at the Ronda fight, like, drinking tequila, like, toasting, no way, really, toast, yeah, toasting mm-hmm. to the fight, like, hanging out. And it was, like, pretty cool. And then that week he pulled out from the fight, which is a bit weird, but yeah, ah. he, he broke his foot. Um, but it was like, there's just more an offer. Like, if you beat someone that you know quite well, and you, I'm going to see him a lot, and, you know, you got the bragging rights. <laughs> if you beat some guy you never heard of, and you're never going to run into him.
2: Yeah. it's important. Right. So. But, but, uh, yeah, but sometimes fighters seem like they have to get mad at the guy to fight him, and if you know the guy, you're, you're obviously not one of those guys. I, I think British people are more tongue-in-cheek anyway. Uh, you guys take the piss out of each other as they say it. <laughs> so, now, now, so now, you're, so now you're, you're about to fight Clint. That backs out, and now... Uh, so, are you bummed? Are you? Did you go out and like eat cra- like crazy? Did you? Did you take your girlfriend out for sushi? I mean, what 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 happened?
4: When you, uh, you know, I was pretty bummed when the fight got cancelled. I'd been preparing a lot for it, and Clinton has got a style that suits me very, very well. You know, um, so and it's it's more like the what's going to happen, the the mystery. You don't know what's going to happen. So you're like, oh, this could happen, and you start thinking of all these scenarios. You could fight this guy. You look at the division. Who, who am I going to? You know, and then Joe got in touch with me, and he was like. You're not fighting anyone who's already on the roster. They're already booked up. Blah blah blah. And he'd find someone else for you to fight. And I was like, oh, so it could be. It's going to be another nobody. And I was going to have to fight who no one knows of. There's no like reward for the for the input. You just another fight that you've got. Yeah. Um, and then I started looking up at people that I could be fighting and all that sort of stuff. And uh, I was uh, not down. I was just oh, I just got to wait and see what happens, you know, uh, and see, see how to take it. And then he rang me up and he was like, right. I've made about 500 phone calls. I can't, I've can't. i got two people that can fight you. Here are their names. And he gave me the names. And I looked them up. Uh, and he, he, I said, yeah, okay, you pick whoever I'll fight, whoever you want me to. And he rang them both, and neither of them could take the fight. Who are the names? Um, I can't tell you that.
2: Oh, come on. No, no, no. Uh, give, give us
4: the names. We can't tell you that. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I can't remember one of them, for one. But the other guy, uh, he was – can you remember his name? <laughs> we don't know. We can't David, remember. his name was David. The, no, it, was, it wasn't John David. Smith. It wasn't John Smith. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. But he was, he trained out CM with. CM Punk. Um, uh, he w- trained out with Uriah Faber, uh, his camp. I can't remember the guy's name. But he had a family is he holiday. Team Alpha Mill? Yeah, but yeah, he, he's oh. a middleweight out there. And he had a team, hol- uh, team holiday. He had a family holiday booked. So that's why he couldn't take the fight, which is crazy, but whatever. <laughs> um, so then I said to Joe, I was like, well, I can always be postponed. You know, like, I, I don't mind. I, I can wait. I know Mark Munoz is going to want to fight in the Philippines. How about that fight? And he was like, no, 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 no. That's not going to happen. Like, we need to – I'll find you someone. I need you to stay on this card because we've already had one person pull out. Uh, One fight get dropped, and I was like, fine. He ran me back the next day, and he was like, I literally can't find a soul on the planet to fight you, uh, so you're fighting Mark Munoz in the Philippines. No way. Yeah, so it was like one of those situations where you don't ask, you don't get. And people are always like – I, I, from my feeling of all, obviously coming through the Ultimate Fighter, there's like nine guys that I know pretty well who are all in the same situation as me, like coming up, and they've all like bounced around. There's a lot of fear within that sort of within that sort of stage when you get in the UFC, like the first year, you don't really know how to take things. It's like anything, um, and they everyone seems like afraid to to ask the UFC of anything. You know, mm-hmm. to like they're like, oh, I don't want to upset him, I don't want to say that, and they just realize. You don't ask, you don't get. The worst thing they could say is no. So I was like, "Give me Mark Munoz in the Philippines," and it happened. You know, if I hadn't have asked, I would have been fighting, God knows where against God knows who. You know? Now, Mark
2: Munoz is coming off, I think, three losses in a row. Yep. Uh, he's lost was last Friday. I don't even know the guy he lost to. I forgot the guy's name. It was uh, he, he got choked oh, out by that guy. Roan,
4: who, yon, yon yon something. I don't
2: yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, Evan, remember that guy's name? Rowan something. The guy that Mark Munoz lost to? Oh, uh, Carnell. Yeah, Ron Carnero, right? Mm-hmm. Look at his. oh, the brain over there. Uh, you know, but before that, it was Machida, uh, or it was before that Musashi, yeah, the Machida, Musashi, So three in a row, he's lost. Now, is there a, a big upside, like to fight in this guy, other than like, you know, if, if like you beat him, you beat a guy who a lot of people are writing off as a shot fighter. Uh, if you lose, you lose to a guy who's going to retire. Uh, is there a big upside? Are you kind of worried about that?
4: You know, there's like you just said he's going to retire he's coming off through i'm technically i'm coming off two losses although i don't feel that way but i'm still am so the fight makes sense um he's going to retire like you said so losing is a, a no you know it's make or bust in this fight for me if i lose i'm out pretty much because he's going to be out if he lost so uh that gives you extra motiva- motivation because whoever i fight next if I, i'd be three on the bounce losing i'm going to be out right so it doesn't really matter that way um as for winning you say he's lost three in a row, but you just said he's lost to Gegard Mousasi <laughs> and Machida. Right. Who are some of the best fighters in the middleweight division right now. It's not really a bad thing to lose. I mean, the way he lost to Machida was pretty shitty. But, you know, the Gegard Mousasi fight, he showed a few more skills. And, yeah, he might be on the down, on, on the way out, but he still possesses the skills and the talent of a very, very good guy. You know? Yeah, no, I, right. So... It's more the way I win than if I win. Like, I feel like I have everything to beat Mark, and I feel like I'm in the right place in my career. I've been training with the right people, um and I'm going to win. It's more about the impression is how I win. You know, if I go out there and finish him in the first round, like whatever his face did, Ro- Rohan, I can't remember yeah. his name, you know, then that says something to me, and it says something to the fans that I'm ready to take a step up to that sort of level of competition. If I go out there and I have a drawn out three round decision win that wasn't that great, you know, then I go back to the drawing board. It doesn't really do much for my career. But now, is he looking at you as like,
2: okay, this guy's six foot six, his weakness is wrestling. He's from England, you know. Where they, they don't even necessarily even have wrestling. Mm-hmm. I could shoot real low on him, take him down, and then donkey punch him. Donkey punch him. I, you, you know, that's his plan, right?
4: Uh, I donkey, mean- really? No, I, I thought <laughs> he was going to stand and play jab for jab. You know, right. I um, uh, yeah. I mean. It's obvious. It's an obvious game plan for him, an obvious game plan for me. I think I've got like a seven or eight inch reach advantage. You know, like I said, I'm six foot six. He's six foot, apparently. Yeah. Apparently, Right. Um, you know, so I'm also 10 years younger than him. It's like the the obvious thing for him to do is take me down and try and do the old Donkey Kong punches, which he hasn't done in a long time. Um, and I'm excited about that because, like you said.
3: So pretty the- much you guys are just both going for gold in this fight.
4: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Pretty much. Pretty much. Um, It's a good way of putting it. Like, we both have our...
3: You guys are both going on into the next phases of your lives after this fight, (laughs) pretty
4: much. (laughs) And for me, it's... uh, (laughs) Marina makes a joke, and you might not understand what she means, but, like, for me... It's the start of my career beating Mark Munoz. Yeah. Like it yeah. begins yep. for him, it's the end. So like you lose it. a middleweight in the UFC and you gain one, you know. Because mm-hmm. right now I've been floating back and forth. You start. There's so many guys in my situation. You beat Mark Munoz. You beat him handedly. People start taking notice, and you can start getting the fights that you want, and you become.
2: Somebody now, is that in the UFC. sometimes they're like okay? You're just like okay. Not only do I have to win, I have to win handedly. That's there's a danger in that. You you know that right because We're for gold, like going for golds going for right because then what if what if you take Why unnecessary is there
3: a danger in that because l- let's
2: say Luke, okay let's say Luke wins okay he he he, he like grind he, he jabs him to death he 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 wins the fight he does more damage but he wins ugly okay but he wins okay he's still going to advance up he's still going to go up in the rankings people know who he is if he goes for gold I'm like I got to take this guy on the first and starts throwing taking unnecessary risks. He could himself get knocked out. Yeah. And, and Your
3: perspective is, like, very interesting. I'm looking at it as, like, <laughs> it's your opportunity to, like, really use the tools that you've been harnessing in this last camp. Mm-hmm. And he's thinking, I mean, I mean that you're just going to go out there and go crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah. you're. <laughs> that's not what I'm talking about. Well, to get a finish in the first round, I mean, <laughs> no, it's you don't not have a- to go. You don't have to go crazy.
4: And it doesn't have to be, like, I just said it as an example, but, you know – I, like I said I don't have to go out and just throw a flying knee you know Right. no pun I don't want to say pun but intended. I'm not going to go out there and just do something crazy I'm just going to do what I want to do and do it well you know and it's a huge opportunity for me the fight is a big big opportunity and I need to take it you know and this, these are fights of this in your career make or break you you know and that's going to be in my head I'm not going to pretend it's not and I'm going to use that positively to win you know and I want to win every fight handedly. I want to win every fight impressively. I don't go in there thinking, right, I'm going to just, you know. That's
2: but don't get it. into a dog dogfight. Uh, I, I, I know that, like, that's the Filipino fans are going to be going crazy, yeah. okay? He's going to be a star in the Philippines. You're going to be hated. Yeah. Uh, I mean, worse than the Irish hate you. Uh, yeah. the, the <laughs> people are going to go nuts. They've never seen anybody that big in their life. You're going to be like Shaq out there. You're going to walk out like the fucking, you're going to probably step on six Filipinos on the way to the octagon. <laughs> they're going to go nuts. And, and they're going to want to see you get into a crazy dogfight fight which is mark what i think what mark wants to do also mark and then that's your style of fight that's those are the fights in the past Uh, i don't know i'm a little nervous man i'm 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 glad
4: you're nervous i'm glad people are nervous is it like nerves is just excitement you know so if i'm in a dog fight and i come out on top it's a good fight to watch people enjoyed it if i'm not in a dog fight and i land a big shot and finish him that's great too like it's like I said, for me, it's it's the beginning of my career. Like, right. I really look at it. it in that way. You guys are
3: both going to enjoy the fuck out of this fight. Yeah, and I look at yeah. it as
4: a bit of an honor as well to be fighting Mark in the Philippines, like, a a, as he's retired. He said it's his retirement fight, you know. Yep. It's, it's a big deal. I, the guy's been fighting in UFC longer than I've been doing MMA, you right. know? So he's been around a long, long time and… It's it's great to be the guy that gets. You gotta the stop retire. saying
2: that. Like, you're giving yourself an out.
4: Don't don't what say do you
2: mean? Oh, I've only been doing it six years. And no, it's no, not, no I didn't we, mean we that. have to that, we have to like. I mean that you know. as in
4: like I said that to. It's again your perspective is strange.
2: <laughs> it's so strange. <laughs> like, you're so negative about that. Like me <laughs> only <laughs> been doing it
4: six years is is incredible. It like. is incredible. It's
2: amazing. Yeah, I've so. only
3: been doing MMA for. 4 years. Okay, that that's great. And I never thought. But
2: but but, but <laughs> I'm I I'm I'm extremely no, I think I think what you did is as um, you can't do basketball for 6 years and be in the NBA. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you can't be doing baseball for 6 years and be in the Major Leagues. Mm-hmm. The fact that the fact that like you're this like unathletic, okay, <laughs> big, slow, gangly dude and, and somehow you've made it this far is amazing. But uh-huh. we got to get you top 5
4: but that's the point that's what i'm trying to say so the fact that let
3: him set up your training sessions (laughs) that's what he's trying to get at next
4: but what i'm trying to say is a man that's come from like i you know you say been in mma for four years Mm -hmm. before before that i did nothing i played basketball make the basketball i played basketball i never did a combat sport i knew nothing about combat sports my friend who i lived with did mma i thought it was cool when i started you know that was it um and if i can make that travel make that that distance in six years this is how i look at it not being a negative fool like you <laughs> like if i can make that in yeah. six years i've only really been doing it for two and a half you know three like properly give me another two years where can i be or you're gonna be a, or,
2: amazing you, yeah. you take so, a very little damage i mean you used to sell clothes right weren't you yeah, like, i used you to sell were, clothes you used to sell clothes and he was, he, he, he was a bouncer and he, he he used to bang club girls no, no offense to his fiance okay
4: I, I remember I about him. Stop a- bringing her here. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, so. No, so the I'm point kidding. Is- he didn't bang any
2: club girls. He did. He, 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 okay. Go, go on. The
4: point, the point I'm trying to make <laughs> oh for, for all this bullshit is, you know, <laughs> when, I, when I beat Mark, it's like the six years that I've had leading up to that fight is like practice, you know what I mean? And now I can begin and I can start making my run to the top five and I can start doing these things that I want to do and be a real personality within the sport. I've had my tuition i've had my time i've served my time or now you know i feel like they've given me the opportunity to fight mark and that's it's a big opportunity to have you know for me so once it's done and finished and i beat mark i can start and i can really start living my life at the moment everything has just been setting itself up like within my life my training i've got now the right team behind me i'm in the right environment you know i've pieced all that together bit by bit Over the last six years, I've learned the little things I need to know. I learned how to stop a double leg, which we'll find out. (laughs) You know, I've learned all these little bits of information that I can now piece together, and I'm well-rounded enough now, and I just have to prove it against Mark, and then people can start believing me. All
2: right, last question before we get to uh, Rob Van Dam. Joe Duffy or Conor
4: McGregor, who wins? (laughs) Um, You know, we've already had that fight. We already know who wins. So you think he beats him in the UFC? Mm Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. You think Joe, both of you? Yes. Why, how does
2: why he win? You, why are
3: you, like, really? <laughs> Relax. Yes, that is my opinion. Yeah,
2: but well, but why? Because why does? Joe Duffy- What's your opinion? Obviously, you yeah, disagree. Exactly.
3: Jesus.
2: I have, I have not seen enough of Joe Duffy. I've uh, only seen him fight that one time.
4: Joe, Joe Duffy, I have known Joe a little while. Um, you know, very, very experienced guy. He was a professional boxer. Went away from mixed martial arts. Did his boxing. He's been, he beat Conor on the ground with a side choke in about, 34 seconds or whatever it was, um, and now he's gone and developed his stand-up game. At the moment, I never actually answered the question. At the moment, I feel like it would be a very good matchup. We've already seen the fight; in then Joe won. But now the the thing that that I believe brings a difference to the cage and to the fights is momentum. You know, momentum. There was a thing. Um, you know, the presence that you have when you fight. Your what you come forward with and what you believe in can be much more than your physical attributes. Physically, against each other right now, we've seen a physical fight because when there was no hype behind it and they fought in a cage, Joe Duffy won. Now when you have the hype, you have the build-up, you have the Conor show, you have all that sort of stuff, he is the dangerous man in the cage against Joe and I think it would be a different story because I'm not sure if Joe can handle that sort of pressure that Conor brings. I think that's how Conor is very well at defeating his opponents. He comes with such... He, I don't know how he can like magnet... Mag, um, Magnet is the wrong word, but he can control this pressure that he has like this
3: he focuses really like he's got he what i'm starting to notice in fighters who are on a completely different level, for example, Rhonda, their focus, all of their energy all, all of their senses are put into winning, and when you see that. You see everything that's coming at you. You're, you're not. You're not. You're not just like um, like uh, one-minded. You're very like you just see everything that's happening. And there's a lot of fighters when you see you know when they zoom in and uh, Bruce Buffer is announcing their names, you can see in their faces. You can really see in their faces if they're there and they're present and they're in the fight. And there's a lot of people who aren't, and you can tell right off the bat. Yeah. And Conor McGregor is invested a hundred percent, a hundred percent. So you think he time. beats Joe Duffy? Yes. You, two seconds ago, you said
2: Joe
4: Duffy wins.
3: No, I didn't. You just, yes, you did. I was right here.
4: Uh, I think maybe she are confused what I said. No, no, no,
2: you said Joe Duffy beats Conor McGregor two seconds ago.
3: No, I didn't. Did I say that? Uh, yes. I think so. I <laughs> meant it the other way around. Oh,
2: whatever. Sorry. Oh,
3: <laughs> come on.
4: Play so, the <laughs> tape. Play the tape.
2: So,
4: <laughs> so, yeah, like being able to control that, that momentum and that shift. And the yeah. way so he you he think focused. Conor McGregor wins the fight? Right now, I think he would, yeah. 100%. Okay. But, like, when the when the hype dies down for Conor, because well, eventually it has so to. After Conor gets a first loss. Yeah, then it might change and then we might be in a different But right now, I think Conor believes he's un- unbeatable. And that's what makes him win the fights the yeah. way he's winning the fights, not his actual attributes or his skill set. So he beats Aldo? I, I don't think so. Because I think Aldo's got the same. I think Aldo's got the. the he can stop that, you know, I, I believe. But, um, you know, I think that's what's taken him so far. And I think if he fought Joe, that's that's how it would turn out.
2: All right. Well, we're going to call Rob Van Dam. Then we're going to go over UFC fight night in Rio. Did you guys watch Titan FC at all?
4: I, I didn't. No, I didn't. Uh, I, your I your just... boy
2: won. Brett Johns won.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. He's I know. now I saw... the champion. I saw it on, uh, I watched it on Twitter, if that right, makes Okay, sense. okay,
2: we're, we're going to talk I about that a little attentive. bit. There were some good fights in that. Uh, 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 what's the name, Lost? Uh, our, our buddy Cody mm-hmm. Bollinger. Bollinger. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. I watched that fight.
2: Uh, so we're going to talk to Rob Van Dam, get back. We're going to talk about Ronda versus Betch Correa. We've got a whole stuff, a lot of stuff to talk about, but let's talk to Rob Van Dam right now. Hello. Hey, is this Rob Van Dam?
5: Sure is. All What's
2: right. up? You're on the MMA Roasted podcast. It's uh, Marina Shafir and Luke Barnott along with us. We are talking to a guy right now who is the only guy to win titles in ECW, WWE, as well as TNA Wrestling, the three-time world champ, five-time uh, world tag team champion, uh, six-time intercontinental champion, mm-hmm. Rob Van Dam. How are you, man?
0: Dude, it sounds like I'm pretty exciting. Yes.
4: Yeah, <laughs> all yes. good,
0: man. It's all good. I'm in uh, Las Vegas uh, at the moment. I actually just did uh, MMA Junkie. Are you familiar with that show? Yes. Y-
2: yes, yes, a good yeah. guy. Gorgeous George. Nice guy. Real nice guy. And the Goats. Yeah. Super, super, super great people. So, uh, and you're yeah, also... You're now, now. now, I hear you're now, you're you're, you're a stand-up comedian now?
0: Well, um, it, it's something that I do. I mean, to call me a to say it like that, you know, sounds—I don't know if I put that label on me, but yes, I do. Therefore, I am.
2: Nice. So that—that's that, great. I'm, I'm also a comedian. I love to actually perform. We have a, a mutual friend in uh, Bruce Jingles. So. Uh... Okay,
0: right on. Yeah, yeah. I've actually done this. I think I started in 2006. So I've actually done it uh, over the course of quite a few years, but I don't do it that often. Sometimes four months go by in between. Uh, you know, a gig, but lately it's there's been a lot more of it. And I have a lot more time since I'm not uh, spending as much time on the road wrestling. So, so it's cool. Unlike uh, some thoughts that people may have, or I don't know what the other wrestlers intentions are that do stand up like uh, Foley and Piper, those guys, I don't know, but I can tell you, uh, I'm not looking to, to cross over. I'm not looking for like another career path. It's just fun for me. It's as an artist, I enjoy uh, the outlet of expression. It's mentally stimulating for me, whereas wrestling is not anymore. And so uh, I enjoy it, and um, it's just it's it's just fun.
2: Now, I mean, uh, well, that's cool, man. If you if you, if you ever want to gig together, let me know. Now, uh, I, I, sure. I, I would be honored, man. Uh, I was yeah. look I was looking at some of your old wrestling uh, videos from last time. Uh, from actually last time, I was looking through about lot your stuff. Now, you um you seem to have a lot of. Uh, karate. What, what? was your actual martial arts background?
0: Okay, uh, so, so here it is. Uh, I, I got into martial arts through wanting to be a wrestler. So it's kind of, a, it kind of came around full circle. So there's a guy in Battle Creek, Michigan, and where I grew up. Uh, me and my friends, who were wrestling fans, that knew what we wanted to do. And this guy had a ring, so we had to figure out how we're going to be able to get in this ring because we're wrestling on the living room, uh, you know, uh, couch cushions that we throw on the floor. So we knock on the guy's door and we say, dude, yeah, we're going to be wrestlers when we grow up. Uh, we, you know, we we want to get in the ring there and work out. And uh, so what he does is he has us come over to work out. But what we don't know until we get there is that we have to go through his uh, kickboxing classes first, the stretches the drills, eventually the sparring, uh, because he's a kickboxer and a kickboxing promoter. And then after the fighters left for the day, then the wrestlers could have the ring to work out. So that got me into martial arts. I found out that I was really good at it. I knocked everybody else out, and I could take a tremendous amount of of punishment. And, and, and so I enjoyed kickboxing and wrestling while I was training to be a wrestler with the original Sheik, I actually thought that maybe I would go pro kickboxing if uh, wrestling didn't work out. But uh, to supplement the kickboxing, I soaked up everything in town. So we had three dojos, one taught taught American uh, karate and also uh, kendo and um, aikido. So uh, I went there, and I think that was on like some coupon that my, my mom had like a coupon <laughs> book they used to sell and they'd have like two three weeks or whatever whatever it was I was sneaking in I was uh, I was going to tournaments sneaking in and I didn't wasn't even trained yet so I had a hunger for it but anyway to finish uh, your question also Tang Sudo, taekwondo later in life um some um uh some yoshukai uh, Kajukenbo, which is one of my favorite arts very little Tang Sudo. And uh, now, when I work out, it's usually uh, jujitsu uh, with uh, Justin Macaulay, the uh, MMA fighter.
2: Oh, nice! I I, I love that guy. Now, how, now, did you um did you have any actual? So you you had some actual kickboxing fights?
0: Yes. Then and, and these these uh, shows were at bars and uh, sometimes like outdoor festivals where they'd have bands and stuff. So it was like a party kind of atmosphere. So I was paying my dues when I was like. I don't know, 16 years old, we would actually set the ring up, set the chairs up, uh, open up the show with a wrestling match. We hadn't been trained yet, but we, uh, choreographed our own, uh, our own match, which I've never been able to find footage of that. I would love to see this. Um, but then afterwards, uh, sometimes I would have a fight that might be scheduled and then sometimes even an extra fight afterwards because there'd be somebody in the crowd <laughs> drinking that says, oh, I can kick these guys' asses, let me in there. And I was the guy, you know, talking to Kit, the, uh, you know, our, our our, our, coach, you know, saying, dude, let me have him, let me have him. And I had that hunger. I wanted to fight. I wanted to get better. You know, I wanted to improve. I wanted to test myself. And so I was doing all that early on. The only thing I got paid for was the Tough Man Contest, Kalamazoo, 1990, I was uh, 19 years old, just turned 19, and I entered the Tough Man Contest, because that was like the big deal in the, in the Midwest. Who's the toughest man in town? And I, I took second place, um, and See, which was pretty time good time for my back. first time. The guy, Emmanuel Yarborough, who took first place, uh, it was like his, he, he travels around, and it was like his 23rd contest, and wow. I went... I went toe to toe with him, so I felt at that point like I could do anything.
2: Emmanuel Yardborough was like what four hundred and fifty pounds or something. That wasn't that. that was the huge guy, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, very big guy.
2: Now, 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 when these guys in in, in the crowd would, would want to fight you after the thing, did you ever lose to those guys, or did you just knock out random guys in the crowd?
0: Uh, no, just knocked him out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Is that <laughs> these guys were so I could we take them? Yeah,
0: we fought okay. with sixteen uh, ounce gloves and we had headgear on and we had uh foot pads on Dang. and um i just i just did not think it was possible to knock me out at that time in fact uh still today with all my physical attributes <laughs> i've i've only been out out completely out one time in my life and that was in a uh situation out of the ring i wasn't a pro yet this was on the street i used to you know part of testing myself was was in a uh in unorganized fashion, you know, which uh, any any kids listening, you know, this is a bad idea, but I used to uh, want to get in street fights just just for the challenge. Like, I, I wasn't a bully, uh, but I wanted to find other people who were bullies, people that wanted to fight, that thought they were tough. I was challenging them, and I had a ring in my backyard, and I told all the kids at school, I would fight, I'll, I'll box you, I will kickbox you, I will wrestle you anything and i just wanted them to, to come out so i could test myself and so that i could grow from it
2: wow that's amazing uh i i saw one time last night i was watching a thing where you had bam bam bigelow in the crowd you were on the top rope and you jumped into the crowd he was like on a table or so how the hell did you choreograph that
0: um the thing is the more experienced wrestlers that you have, you don't have to choreograph anything. And that's a perfect example because uh, people that don't wrestle, they don't really understand how it works. Uh, And of course not. How could they, but you know, a lot of them want to uh, just mark it all off as if we're just all friends. We're all just playing whatever. Uh, Truth of the matter is it's live action. It's happening uh, on the moment in front of the people and you don't, you don't first say, "Well, let me stand on the top rope and, and just dive over the guardrail and see if I can make it into the fifth row," because that will kill you if you do it one time. So mm-hmm. that's one of those moves that you just have to go for it. Um, and, and a lot of moves are like that. And when you're when there's two veterans in the ring, by the way, uh, you don't even have to necessarily know what's going on. When I used to wrestle with the Undertaker, we wouldn't we wouldn't say one word before the match, nothing. Not not one not one move one spot nothing. So it's crazy for me now uh, to see that w- where the business has gone, where it's changed, and how how people perceive it is almost being uh, easier than it is. Uh, now were, were you and Bam Bam good friends? Uh, Bam Bam, yeah, we were good friends. I had a lot of respect for him. One of the things that, that I really liked about him was uh, he was a receiver. And uh, in the wrestling business, a receipt is uh, when you give back what you just got. And I was known for being one of the snug guys. You know, some people might call me stiff. And I knew for sure, even though Bam Bam was, was really cool, I knew during the match, like if I cracked him with a chair and, and, and it was like extra hard or say I caught his elbow or the back of his head and I didn't mean to. Oh, shit. Oh, sorry. I don't know if I can say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah oh, you, just, no, just, no, you yeah, can swear. Yeah okay cool uh, i knew for sure when i did that a receipt was coming back and bam bam you know he might be leaning over a table and i'm like slamming him on the back with a chair and then uh oh here it comes he would grab the table turn just throw it at me and then uh after that we're cool again <laughs> but but for the moment for the moment he would always let me know like if i gave him something uh a little extreme. I was getting it back.
2: Now I remember Bam Bam fought Chemo uh, in, in, in Japan. He got he got beat up pretty bad, but then I read it. Uh, I saw I saw an interview with him. He said he actually threw the fight. He got paid a hundred thousand dollars to throw the fight. Did he ever tell you anything about that?
0: No, no, we never talked about that. You know the uh, uh, the the shoot slash work matches that they do in Japan are, are kind of crazy to me because I watched. Uh, fighters like in UFC and part of what I enjoy about it is seeing these guys go for it. those big wild swings they're putting everything into these punches hoping to connect and knock out and there's no denying that you know when someone's really going for it, trying to win and then you know in Japan they'll mix that up with uh, some pro wrestling you know and you see some guys uh, stuck in a leg lock on the mat for 15 minutes and it's like it's hard to take, like, for, for for me personally, but I guess the fans are accustomed to it. I don't know.
3: Have you ever seen some of the chick matches in Japan? No. Holy shit. Like, <laughs> that is some... Un- yeah. That is unchoreographed professional wrestling. These chicks are doing... Very, like, ph- like,
0: very physical.
3: Yeah, like crazy flips off of the ropes. Really? Like, oh my... It, it's some crazy jumping jujitsu bullshit. I've never seen anything like it. What now, they do with their bodies, what happens to their body, like, they they will land on concrete. Wow. And they'll just keep wrestling. Now, Rob, what was it like working with Brock Lesnar?
0: Um, Brock was, uh, first off, very athletically gifted. You know, the first time I was in the ring with him, I, I instantly became a fan of his. I recognized him as a freak of nature. One, because he's as strong as the Incredible Hulk. And uh, two... He's just got the, the prowess of a lion. He's got like his, the balance, like everything about him. I just, uh, I instantly, you know, knew he was the real deal. And when he went to UFC, I personally thought for a while there, like, oh my God, there's, there's not going to be anybody that can beat him. And, and then, you know, when Frank Mir uh, used that, uh, that, um, that knee bar, it, it, you know, it really meant a lot and reminded me how important technicality is and how, you know, like, uh, someone can slip up and with enough, you know, uh, a technician like, like Frank Mir, bam, he only gives you that one chance to screw up and he took advantage of it. And sometimes you just, you know, when you put it on paper and you, and you put in, uh, the odds, you don't, you can't imagine something like that happening. So that's, again, that's what's so awesome about MMA and about these guys, like, you know, really, really put 100% on the line, uh, and, and going for it. Always been a big fan
2: but was Brock, was Brock cool? was he easy to work with and everything?
0: Yeah, Brock has always treated me with uh, nothing but respect
2: yeah I mean I was I mean Brock your, your match with Brock last night I was watching that too that was uh, a <laughs> that was hilarious I mean you've you've beaten some of the best guys in wrestling I mean the rock Br- uh, Brock Lesnar, uh, Triple H. You've, uh, you know, at one point you were really on top of the world uh, as far as wrestling goes. Can I ask
3: a question, sure, really quick? Uh, do you remember uh, Wrestle Reunion? Yes. Um, what did you think of your match with Chris and Chris, uh, Chris Hero and Roderick Strong?
0: Um, I thought it was a uh, uh, it was a decent match. It was just it was it was somewhat typical, except for it being a, uh, a three way match. But both of those guys were good. The crowd knew who they were I, I myself wasn't as familiar with them but the you could tell the way the crowd took to them you know that they were uh very connected and the crowd you know was excited looked forward to seeing the whole thing so you could tell that they were having a good time the way right. they chant you, you know you're not letting it down so yeah uh, it was so yeah it was cool I hadn't been in the ring for a minute uh, prior to that so for me it was kind of about that too getting back in there and um, and, and doing my thing
3: now. Do you follow like PWG or any of the like the local underground shows still or no?
0: I don't follow any of it.
3: Really? Oh, that's yeah. bummer.
0: <laughs> well, no, <laughs> well, I, also, I also don't watch WWE. In fact, uh, I don't even watch myself anymore. And uh, that's, that's not something that fans want to hear. Fans don't want to hear that because it disconnects me from them, and they want to know what i thought about you know monday night whatever the hell happened but truth is that's one of the things that's always kept me different is the fact that um uh unless i'm there at the arena uh seeing what's going on then um then i'm like in another world and hopefully that makes me fresher uh if not then whatever i'm not really looking to to prove myself anymore
2: now how do you how do you think cm punk's gonna do in
0: uh, the ufc um, better than people are expecting because right off the bat, everybody wants to uh, to dog him. Everyone's like, dude, he's gonna find out, you know that uh, you know you don't just cross over and go to MMA. Of course not, and he knows that, and he's not gonna fight until he's ready. That seems to be something that everybody overlooks. I mean, he's gonna train. Uh, he is training and he's going to wait uh until he feels like he's ready and then he's going to fight so he'll have have as good of a chance as any other fighter and then on top of that because everyone's so excited about this he's going to draw some money and he's going to make some money for ufc and uh and they're going to pay him for it too so um you know that's something that doesn't necessarily happen with wwe i mean even uh even if you're drawing, you know, thousands of fans and they all have signs that they have your name on it and stuff, that doesn't mean that's going to equate to uh, you getting a fair portion of the pie that night.
2: Do you think that they kind of screwed you over as far as uh, as uh, money goes?
0: Oh, I've never been one of their one of their chosen few. Like they have certain guys that they take care of, uh, John Cena, you know, Randy Orton. Uh, there's a few guys. And and the amount of money that those guys make compared to the amount of money that other guys that are doing basically the same job is like night and day. Like, you know, outsiders wouldn't believe that they even have the same career. Um, But that's just the way it is and the way it always has been. You focus on certain guys. Those are the guys that you put – uh that you invest in with the merchandise, with the sponsorships, with the movies, all of that, uh, and then it pays back. The other guys – I mean, let's face it. Wrestlers travel three or four to a car so they can split the expenses. A lot of them split the cost of the hotel rooms and stuff. And I don't know if they if they if they really have to or if it's more for companionship. Uh, but you know, traditionally that's part of, and especially when you're starting out um, and 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 when you're you know trying to get your momentum going, you, you kind of need that. I, I you know I, I go the opposite. I travel by myself and have for most of my career. Um, and and you know then it's like I don't have to worry about compromising going to the gym when other guys want to or mm-hmm. stopping to eat where they want to any of it even conversation don't have to you know what I mean like I I'm, I'm in control but in order to do that I mean I have to make a certain amount of money so that I can uh, so that I can uh, facilitate that you know what I mean is there's, uh, there's a lot of expenses on the road and then because you're an independent contractor you can also get your expenses taken care of in your contract if that's if that's how you want to do it.
2: Now at uh, one point uh you were actually traveling on the road with Sabu and you, you got you got caught with weed and uh Vicodin, right?
0: Uh yeah, eighteen grams of marijuana and I yeah, I think they found uh yeah, the people forget about the Vicodin, and I did too. That was, <laughs> that was, but I mean, it, it was it, that was just a bullshit thing anyway. I just didn't have it in the prescription bottle, so I had to follow up with that. And, you know, it was like I think it was like two pills or something. Uh, whatever it was, anyway. Uh, yes, true. I got pulled over and. Hanging Rock, Ohio, and my car smelled like uh, Humboldt, California.
2: No, 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 no. Afterwards, uh, you were then known as like the 420 fighter. So, was that the, one of the best things that happened for your career? Was getting caught all that weed?
0: I think before that, you know, uh, people knew me and associated me with uh, marijuana because. It was way back in the ECW days that that I first saw the RVD 420 signs, and when I did the High Times magazine interview, and uh, that was really uh, what stuck on people's minds and associated me with with Bud. You know, by the time I got busted in uh, Ohio, uh, I already had, had had been pretty active in um, advocating the, uh, legalization of marijuana. And, 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 then with that, you know, that threw me into it even further, you know, right like right. a lot of, a lot of people politically correct, uh, third party entities will go out, and make an apology on my behalf for a horrible <laughs> mistake. I've never done that. I've never done that. You know what I mean? I got busted, whatever. Uh, but the truth is, uh, I know more about, uh, marijuana and the laws, uh, than probably anybody that you're going to talk to. And I've been on Geraldo Rivera, I've been on Daniel Madigan, I've debated with, uh, you know, former drugs czar Barry McCaffrey. I mean, I've, uh, I, I, I know a lot about it. And the thing is, back then, it was a lot more looked down upon, it meaning marijuana, because people been brainwashed to believe it's just something dirty that you say no to but the truth is there's so much more to that and right now today uh the majority of american voters believe it should be legal we have 23 states plus the district of columbia that have medical programs uh we have four states plus the district of columbia that have recreational usage and in the next two years we're going to be up to like 15 states that treat marijuana like alcohol so the thing is i knew that um that i was putting uh my energy into the right movement that i believed in but right now the momentum uh in the leverage is on my side i mean back then people didn't want to hear it or they thought that you were crazy if you said some of the things that now people accept as fact
3: yeah wow. back then they looked at marijuana as like you're you know it's In society, it was, like, a really, like, a really dirty, poor thing to do. Like, upper-class people don't do that. Right. They stick to cocaine, you know, top-shelf liquor, and that's it. But now everything, you know, everybody's starting to realize that everything is ass-backwards. Right. And um, now, I mean, especially living in L.A., you see people who are – who look like they're dressed in rags – (laughs) <laughs> but apparently, those rags cost like I don't know five hundred dollars <laughs> and shit, and they're they they're like the richest people. So hmm. everything is backwards nowadays. Thank
2: you. You're welcome.
3: Now, far, yeah. finally, I gotta
2: I gotta ask you a uh, last question. So I know there had to been back in the day when you were coming up. I know I know you're a married man now and and all that, but before that,
0: they told me you were gonna ask me. Uh,
2: okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I know you you gotta. T- how many hey. ECW groupies? Chating how many WCW Chating chicks? 100. I mean, you must have just went crazy. Am I right?
0: Uh, you are not. You are not right <laughs> with that. Actually, <laughs> oh, uh, really? When, 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 at first, um, by the way, I, I mentioned this earlier too. When I was in WCW, you weren't allowed to bring your girlfriend or wife anywhere near the arena. That's how the business has changed. Mike Graham implemented that rule. With us, his dad, uh, you know Eddie Graham, back in the day uh, passed that on to him, and that was because they believed in the uh, uh the sexual value of the baby faces and actually thought that they could pack the arenas with screaming female fans, which you know may- maybe they used to i don't know um dude i get uh, I get asked uh, this is something I just said on stage uh um, the other day for the for the first time I had tried this one out, so i've been asked how I remain such a faithful husband in all my years of pro wrestling, um, you know, being on the road, having pussy thrown at you. And uh, my reply was, have you seen the wrestling fans?
4: Oh, it's it's, it's, uh, rough.
0: (laughs) It's not rock and roll. But But no, because. No, but yeah, no, but to, uh, yeah, to, uh, I've seen some stuff, you know, for sure. And I write about all of it uh, in my book, and I've had a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, I mean, when it comes to uh, uh, specifically what you're asking, there's not too many stories out there about RVD and groupies. Now, when I first got in, uh, 1990, 91, and I was, you know, just not even old enough to drink. That was one of the. Uh, biggest, uh, biggest benefits of getting into the business. I remember in Tennessee, we would, after the arena, we would go to the uh, hotel that was across the line in uh, Jefferson, Indiana. Anyway, there was this Days in and we'd, four of us would split a $28 room. That's how, <laughs> that's how rich we were back then. Wow. And when we would, after the show, we would go back to the hotel, and there would be uh, a bunch of fans, uh, most of them girls, all over the hotel, uh, like there was a swing set, like a little playground, and they were hanging out, wanting to hang, uh, to talk to us, and wanting to bribe us with beer. So, for you know, for a young, for a young man, that was like, uh, that was pretty good getting into it.
2: Yeah, so back in the day, it was good, and I, you know, it's finally, I actually didn't realize that you were the guy in the million dollar man promo that kissed his foot. I remember watching that as a kid, where he goes, "I'll, uh, I'll give like a thousand dollars to anybody that will kiss my foot," and and that that, that was you.
0: Well, but unfortunately, it was only a hundred dollars, <laughs> which is crazy. So Rob Van Dam yeah, I was the worst. I was the worst negotiator uh, because <laughs> yeah, I I, I could have held out for I was supposed to. That's what everybody does. Is you hold out. And he proves his point by finding your, your price. But mine, yeah, I was so excited just, just to be in the ring. That, yeah. <laughs> um, hey, so, so I know you're ending this. Let me just say uh, back to the marijuana. I could talk for hours about that. But let me tell you, uh, your listeners a few things that, that they might not know. Marijuana is a Schedule One controlled substance. Has been since 1970, thanks to Richard Nixon, meaning the most dangerous, the most harmful On the planet. That's marijuana, along with heroin and acid. Schedule two, meaning safer for you, better for you, meth and uh, cocaine. So when you talk about uh, things being backwards now, this has always been backwards and people just don't know it. If you look up the Controlled Substance Act, you'll say, oh, my God, he's right. The federal government tells you that cocaine and meth are better for you. Than marijuana, because marijuana has zero medicinal benefit according to the federal government, however, at the same time, they have a patent on the medicinal properties from marijuana, and they made a pill called marinol which one hundred percent THC that they give uh, to patients they sell to patients um, so that 's the hypocrisy right there that i 'd like to point out um, and and also people ask me this all the time: when are they going to realize? that we can make so much money off of taxing marijuana. As soon as they realize that, it'll be legal everywhere. Not true. The reason that marijuana is prohibited is because it takes profit from the big businesses. The The elite few that run the world do not want to see marijuana utilized because it could replace up to 80% of pharmaceuticals. It could replace uh, fuel um, alcohol and cigarettes, forget about it, they're gone. Um, and then you, you also have the medicinal, you also have the material, you know, which is, there's over 25,000 products that can be made from this amazing, most resourceful plant on the planet. So as long as, uh, alcohol, tobacco, pharmaceuticals, uh, oil, um, Along with textiles, uh, cotton and and lumber, as long as all these big companies can stand together and spend billions and billions and billions of dollars, they're going to keep the fight going on. Right now, on a morality clause, the voters are seeing this through. And so that's why that's why it's shifting. But believe me, uh, the the higher ups, the, the big conglomerates, the evil uh, profiteers of our society, those you know, those people that belong way up there and at the very top of the one percent, they're the ones uh, that don't want to see marijuana legal, and it's not for the right reasons. So,
2: Rob Van Dam is, is a pro weed. Uh, thank you, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show, brother. It, it is an it is an honor to have you on the show.
3: By the way, the Four Horsewomen we absolutely love you. We fucking awesome. love you. We went crazy at WrestleMania. And we fucking love you,
2: Rob. May first, I'm headlining the Improv. Do you, want to, do you want to do a spot on it?
0: May first, uh, that's in L.A. That yeah, improv, the Hollywood Improv. Um, maybe I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I mean, because I've been headlining. First off, first off, they pay me now. To oh, okay, All and right. second off second off, I'm headlining. I do like a 30-minute set. It's not as easy to go up and do seven minutes, or as incentivizing is the right way to put right. it, you know? Uh, but we'll talk about that. <laughs> uh, my website, robvandam.com, is supposed to be launching with a whole new face this week, so if you go there, you can keep up with all my social media and
3: everything that's going on with me.
2: Well, thanks a lot, Rob. Thanks for coming on the show, brother.
3: Thank you. Right on, guys. Take right care. on, guys. Have a great day. You too.
2: All right, that was that was Rob Van Dam.
4: He's a uh, guy's hilarious. Love that guy. <laughs> I think mean, we need to change the uh, logo for the show. Instead of clutching a microphone, we need to be clutching a marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> a
3: big fat joint.
4: Yeah. yeah
2: very very guy. The guy knows his stuff though. I I would hate to be the, 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 to try to debate against that guy. I mean, I, I'm. He bro- should be.
3: Yeah, yeah. He should like really, or he is already like going in that direction with his life. Yeah, like being an ambassador for marijuana.
2: It's amazing how,
3: bad job. Uh, yeah,
2: it me how 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 <laughs> agile how agile he could be while stoned too. <laughs>
3: we that's what we call productive potheads.
2: Really, are you a productive pothead? No. Oh, hmm. interesting. <laughs> so let's talk about the fights that happened on Saturday. I know. Let's first. Let's talk about your your roommate, your ex roommate, Shayna Baszler, against Amanda Nunez. That was that was rough. That was rough to watch. I was uh, I was pulling for Shayna.
3: We were all pulling for Shayna. Uh,
2: I like Amanda. It looked like um, there
3: was a lot of respect at the end of that fight, and that's all I can uh, commemorate. Like that's the only thing I can really, you know. I was expecting a lot of attitude and a lot of um, a lot of hoopla after the fight, and it was pure respect. And um, but what
2: happened to Shayna? It seemed like it seemed like she, she, she.
3: It seemed like that first that first oblique kick hurt her. Yeah. And, and it had her backing up, and something when she—you saw her knee buckle the second, the first leg kick, and her ankle's fucked up. So my first worry was that. And, her ankle's already fucked up going into the fight. Well, no, like she's, you know, she's she had a bad ankle. Right. And unfortunately, when you get kicked really hard, the it's not really your knee. I mean, it is your knee. She had a bad but ankle
2: going into the fight or, or during the fight? No, no,
3: saying? no. Like, she, it wasn't an injury. She's always had a bad ankle.
2: Oh, okay.
3: Yeah. So that's what you can immediately see in her face. Like, as soon as she caught that first kick, you wanted to see, like, her shrug it off and just be like, fuck it. Like, and you saw she went for a shot and um, just couldn't, couldn't keep up.
4: What did you think, Luke? I haven't seen it. Awesome. Know, I'm going to be honest. I haven't <laughs> seen it. No, I uh, – I had a pretty busy weekend and uh, I caught the fights. I've caught some of the fights, but not all of them. Anyways. Well, I mean,
2: Nunez yeah. is a beast. I think she's yeah. a problem for anybody in that first round. In that first round, she completely demolished Kat, uh, Kat, uh, Kat, what, uh,
5: mm-hmm. what's Cat Cat Cat. What a Cat
2: Zingano. Cat Zingano. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Cat <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kat Zingano. I mean, that first round was almost stopped. Uh, she also beat uh, Jermaine Derendeme. Uh, killed her in the first round too. You look so how good Jermaine won also. It's, it's almost like she kind of gasses in the second
3: and third. She's and just got that kind of style where Amanda is really, if you look at her, all of her fights, she is very explosive, but she's one-dimensional. She really is one-dimensional fighter. She's a, she's a stand-up fighter. And if you can break that, if you can just keep that pressure on her and just be in that pocket, there's no way she can land anything strong. She needs the distance to land a powerful punch. That's the type of fighter she is. You can see with all of her striking, she maintained a... A really healthy distance, even with Shayna. Yeah. And landed, was landing some some good strikes on her but as soon as you put that pressure on her she's not going to be I can guarantee you she's not a good counter striker.
2: Her speech lasted like longer than the fight. Yeah. She, honestly her speech she kept going her, on. I
3: don't know how the translator was going to backtrack and then he re- just
2: said she wants to thank a lot of people. Yeah. He, he just, <laughs> honestly I swear to God. No they, dude it, it was it, like
3: 15 minutes. They should make it like the Oscars where yeah. like
2: music goes over like in the Oscars people. you know like people their speeches go on too long and they, yeah. up. they should have a fight.
3: They like blink a light in the back and they're like okay your time the is
2: fighting they start playing like some kind of theme music or yeah. something did she,
4: she grabbed the mic or something she, yeah. You know what it was? She, yeah you know
3: it
2: was like she kept going and it, and, and it wasn't like a joe rogan who kind of is an expert at kind of cutting people off you know when it's someone speaking portuguese they have no and idea it's what they're john saying anik. john anik doesn't know when to when, no. when to cut off by the way john anik's hair now is completely white uh it looks somebody said that john More jones salt and pepper somebody said that john jones was going to start snorting his hair <laughs> guess how white it was was that uh, you no, yeah, no, I, 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 <laughs> no, no. Somebody tweeted it to me, but uh, I, I personally I think Annex does a great job. I I, ha- I have no issues with any of the announcers, especially uh, if, if sometimes if like I, they're great. The announcers are great. I honest, so, uh, so that, that, that was that was that was great. There was also um the main fight, uh, which was Ryan LaFaire versus Damian Maya.
4: There was a couple of tweets coming out from your account. Yeah,
2: I was that, saying but. how it was boring and how Maya's the eyes and Maya's uh, back of his shorts fell asleep and how LaFleur is now pregnant. But look, Damien Maya, like they said going into it, there's fighters and there's mixed martial artists. And Maya's a mixed martial artist. He actually said in one of his quotes, I, I like beating guys without having to hurt them. He's not a very violent guy. He's, he's a very finesse guy. And I think he did exactly what he should have done.
4: I think you, that's right in a way, but I think his style has definitely changed with age because he he went through a stage where he tried to be a bit more of a stand-up fighter. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, moment. that was awful. Yeah, yeah, but, but he, at least he, he gave it a go. So like, he tried to be a be a hurtful stand-up fighter. Tried to go. Come in, guns blazing, blazing, and then look for the takedown, um, and it didn't work out for him. Like you said, he didn't look that great, and now he's getting older and older and older. And I think he's just fighting the way his body allows him to, without taking the damage he took when he tried to be a stand-up. Yeah,
2: fighter. the stand-up fighter. I mean, him and him and Weidman—that stand-up fight was crazy. Uh, that was probably actually Weidman's closest fight was against Damian Maya. I think Weidman cut thirty pounds before that fight, yep. but you know he got knocked out by Nate Marquardt, and I know the fans were angry. I do think it's a mistake to have him headline a card because. You know more than likely uh, more than not, he's going to have a pretty boring fight, and I and understand this
4: is now a, an issue with him well, you look maybe at his they, last few fights I
2: understand yeah. it 's in Brazil he's Brazilian, he 's a draw. you want to have him there it's the Rio card they're all going to be there for, to support him. So you have Damian Maya headline, but really, has he ever been in an exciting fight ever? No, he's never really been in an exciting fight. He's, he's been in great fights. His, he, he shows dominance. He's got great jiu-jitsu.
4: He's been in technical. Yeah, his, yeah, in technical his, his
2: takedowns are amazing. Yeah. I mean, the fact that like Ryan Laflair, who's a good collegiate wrestler, got taken down every single round by a guy from Brazil who's probably never wrestled, never didn't wrestle in college. But that, that's how athletic. I mean, granted, it's a different style of wrestling. But he, his takedowns look great. So, uh, you know, Maya, he looked very impressive. I get it. He probably shouldn't have headlined that card. Um, Can we talk about the terrible stoppage that happened? we could talk about that. sure we could talk whatever it's a podcast right? I know
3: I know that that's on the forefront of my mind right now she's
2: getting upset she's no because
3: that was fucking oh, yeah. bad crazy that by, by the way bad. by the
2: way people. before you know it before the podcast started I was looking at Marina's arms
4: god and, damn it and
2: she goes
3: stop looking at my
2: arms like <laughs> it was as if like you're checking out a girl's tits but like you're not she's like my eyes are up here it was, <laughs> it was which, which, which Evan the beard pointed out her your arms your arms are very your arms are very round she, and point, perky from
4: condition,
3: god damn it you I have
2: very Perky arms. You have a. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you have to start wearing a bra on your arms. Uh, but so, yeah, what were we saying? Too uh, so far. Okay. Uh, yeah, the, the, we're talking the about the, the stoppage. terrible stoppage. The referee stoppage. Uh, there needs to be instant replay in MMA. Ah. <sighs>
4: That would, that would solve this. Come on. But, but, but how would it solve it?
3: Yeah. Like it was a You're phantom tap. That guy needs
4: to be fired, and that solves the problem. You know, like it, It's a terrible He decision. should never
3: ref another fight. But no,
4: he's no, not no, going to no. be fired. But he should be. He should be. But, so, but, but How does instant replay? So, okay, instant replay. They put up a little replay. Oh, no, no, he didn't tap. Okay, let's start you back in the same position. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, no, that's no, exactly that's, what they should have done. That's it's, not the sport, though. That's, the, come on. They do it in every other sport. I mean... Yeah, like football. And they don't, they don't do it in... What, give you, should a give a you should the have one instant replay. The
3: whole point of MMA is to transition and you fucking... You evolve to the situation. Yeah. So, like, if... Yeah, okay, if they had instant replay, they would look at the replay and be like... Well, they they wouldn't start them in the same position... They wouldn't start – they would have to just restart the whole fucking thing.
2: Okay, well that's what. but that's still better than ending the fight. You look at the other alternative is, is a guy – you end the fight. The guy didn't tap. It wastes everyone's time. The people that bet on uh, what's-the-name get totally
3: screwed because he didn't yeah. –
2: I mean, you know how pissed I'd be if that was my parlay yeah. and, and that was the one fight? I think they that, should be like, put
3: onto the next immediate card and have a rematch.
2: They should, but I think – Because instant, they're still in fight but shape. But instant replay would solve that. Same goes for eye pokes or even that like – you know. I don't know. I, I just feel like no, it's, no. no it's,
4: it's definitely an argument. I'm, we're not, you know, like instant replay could be useful, but it's just there's so many situations where it just be- makes it harder work than it was. Well,
2: you do like, it like, like football, where you you have one instant replay call per fight or something, or like the coaches can call an instant call flag. Or, uh, you don't, you know, don't, Evan doesn't see it. No. There has to, there should be an instant replay on times like that where the referee clearly screws up.
4: All right, Adam, you want to call you want to call instant replay on whatever happened in the fight, submission, yeah. tap, whatever. How long do you think that takes from you throwing in your flag or whatever to call yep. these replay to actually getting you know played on the video to the guys communicating with evaluating the channel, to actually, yeah to evaluate two minutes yeah.
3: two minutes two minutes
2: dude two minutes in TV is a fucking yeah it is a year. Yeah. You missed a commercial. You, if there, the commercial. So play the All About the out, Cake yeah. video. The All About the Cake the, video. The, you tell it's me, impossible. you play the All About the Cake video with Daniel Cormier, everyone's laughing, we're all in a good moods, all about that cake and chicken. You tell me you wouldn't want to see that. Or play my MMA Rosa video instead. You go, you I'll play all, it's
4: the Insta Replay so people can <laughs> see what happened. <laughs> That's the
2: whole could, point. You can hear my jokes. You could, I could play Adam Hunter's stand-up comedy. I'm telling you, people will be entertained. Uh, not just
4: the, just the purely logistical reason yeah. why it doesn't work. Yeah. commercials well
2: no they have five minute they have five minute injury timeouts oh,
4: okay and also fine you want to bring extra extra minutes into the mix so now does this also count as like a two minute break for both of the fighters exactly what if one guy's gassed to shit throws in your card I call instant replay on something yeah I'm now no it
2: would be under the right. Referee's discretion To have an instant replay well, You're yeah, a solo. fucking idiot <laughs> There would be, a, the a, ball be ball. another referee There would be an instant <laughs> replay ref a guy What are they gonna uh, have
3: Like a fucking referee Little council yeah, on the yes, side yes. That They can go fuck themselves yes, Because a, I've dealt with Referees a, in judo And they can all Just go fuck themselves You have
2: okay, We can have them Fucking themselves on the side Actually have them Fucking I'm themselves It's, it's bad I have, refereeing Bad judging
4: like that's You know It needs to just grow And that like you said That guy never should be Out a referee a fight again And that you've got good ref in the sport, and you've got bad refs in the sport, and they need to be. It's it's tough luck for the guy. I know it su- sucks, and the guy's lost a fight, and they're going They're talking about now. They gave them fourteen days to uh, to question the decision. They won't overturn that no, decision. He will lot. He would have lost that fight. It mm-hmm. won't go down as anything else because you can't overturn that decision. If you look at the rules and you go through it, you'll see in the next couple of weeks there will no way they'll overturn it, which is wrong. But the the sport needs to come up with a system in general to overturn things at the same time you things, look
2: at or? college wrestling right on the same channel yeah. you look at college wrestling same time a guy locked his hands they went to instant replay determined the locked hands which I thought was, was a terrible way to, NW, to NCAA things but that's what happened he locked his hands match was over I mean it, the exact same time that happened during the college wrestling a guy locked his hands which, which was an illegal which is, which was is illegal? illegal you can lock your hands but, but, it, like but this? This? once you return the guy to the mat you have to unlock your hands in college wrestling so once he's on all fours, you have to unlock your hands. That's the so weird. The guy was the guy was on. All, there are plenty of judo rules that are weird too. All right, so um, so once they got to the mat, he unlocked. He, he didn't you're unlock. Such a child. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, you're you're a queen adult. Stop We're, looking
3: at my arms. Uh, I'm not looking at your
2: arms, okay? I'll, I'll look at your boobs. Uh, but I'm no. You have nice boobs. You have bigger arms though. You're, honestly, your your arms are are a D. Your your boobs are. Listen. So oh my I, god. I'm, I'm, uh, so the guy had to <laughs> unlock his hands. And, uh, and and they went to instant replay. It didn't. Evan. It didn't take. If a guy gets an injury timeout, they take five minutes. Okay, you deal with it. I'm just saying that's a way to f- make it foolproof. But, I mean, I don't know who would have to throw the towel. That's he's that's so true. So
3: unhappy with yeah. this right no, now. No,
4: but I, I understand why. Because you know, a guy's career is taking a bump. Yeah. From it and I'm sure. I thought, Doobre, was, I thought Dober I thought was going to lose anyway. Personally, but whatever. Whatever. But you know, it's uh, it's. It sucks. It sucks. But how often does this happen? It's the first time I think it's happened. No,
2: but there are a couple times where, like, uh, a guy gets poked in the eyes – uh, the ref doesn't see it. The guy covers his eyes and then he gets clobbered over the head a couple times and they stop the fight.
4: Something like that would have. If, if you're going to bitch and moan about getting poked in the eye, don't fight in a cage. It's fighting at the end of the day. I know it's illegal and the rest of it, but they try and do the best they can with those sort of situations. And if you get poked, you get poked, you s- swing with your eyes closed. Like, if you're going to back away and hold your. That's not It's not a response. <laughs> that's not a fighting response to getting poked in the eye. You don't go, oh, oh, wait, oh, that hurt. <laughs> you know, try and deal with it. If the referee spots it, he spots it. But Kicking a ball. it's the same in every single sport it's the yeah. same in every sport you look at you look at soccer I use, well football you know if you look at that people get pushed over they get elbowed people go up for headers and they elbow each other and the referee doesn't see it someone gets a broken nose whatever like that's sport it's it things happen in sport and the best way to deal with it is not you can't be 100 percent every single time it just can't it sucks to lose that way and i and you, it's awful it's fucking terrible but there's not like they're not going to admit a whole system now of instant replay. And All right, so let's say you change. get subbed that way. You're Drew Dover. Yeah, it sucks. It right. sucks. It sucks. Fu- it sucks. But at least you know that you didn't
2: really lose. Dana White said this. you yeah, see I-
4: no. And... It- I mean, I'm sure there'll be. I'm sure he'll get paid like the same way. I don't know if that guy should get paid. Is, the, the, the disgusting thing here. Let's go. I know I'm going on and I'm going <laughs> on a bit of a strange rant, but the disgusting. No, because
3: you're a fighter and you have to deal with refs like that. Yeah, you're yeah. absolutely entitled to your rant right now. I've, you're I've you're been a
4: fighter too. I was. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> I've been there. Case He's like saying. when my friend, a different on on Cage Warriors, my friend Jack Mason got kicked in the head, and dro- like got dropped. He got kicked and dropped and turned all fours and went to stand up, and the referee stopped the fight. And I was like. Jack was fine, you know, absolutely fine, and he got stopped. So it happened to him as well. He took a kick to the head and fell, and they called it a knockout. It wasn't right. a knockout, he just lost balance and fell over. You know, that's right. what happens in fights. So I've been through it, like on a personal level as well. But the thing that's disgusting about the situation, in my opinion, is the way the guy who won reacted.
2: Oh, you yeah, know. he was saying he felt a tap.
4: Yeah. Yeah, the
3: way, how are you proud of that win? Yeah. How are you proud of that win? Like, that's, fu- like, how do you walk away from that and you see the replay up in the stands and you're really going to believe that.
2: Maybe he felt a tap. Maybe it was a punch he felt and he thought it was a tap. Well, it doesn't matter, maybe, but though. You've but seen you can, it. He yeah, noticed. but you
3: know you're wrong. You're right. You know you're wrong. I can't, and he's I can't argue. He's still walking away and he's saying, you know, a winner's win. And then he jumps on the cage? Yeah,
2: yeah that was weird. What the fuck? Yeah. That's just that. because you're
3: in Brazil? You just go, you just
2: go through puberty during that last <laughs> grand. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> you know, don't... That, that- that's like it's just what? like embarrassing
3: yeah
4: that was embarrassing
3: that's, that's fucking embarrassing
2: so how's how single life by the way how's it, how's it, is it going it's along? fun it's
3: great really Ooh. fun <laughs> what about
2: his
4: single life what she what's
2: his name what was his name yeah. Tug- the uh, tugboat yeah. bo- guy tugboat boy yeah how yeah. about man by the way he's not a boy he, he, he <laughs> he's came man. out here he says a man he's a man uh it didn't work out he ran away with some stripper do you think, uh, now? Do you think no now? i'm kidding that didn't happen uh, no uh what
4: do you think the chances of meeting a man have now gone downhill since you've done this show and you sit next to him every week? <laughs> and they know they're going to have to deal right with it. You might be right about this. Yeah. <laughs> I oh, thanks. I'm, I'm kidding. Pretty- <laughs>
2: Come on, give me a, <laughs> 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 me a break. The men are lining up. You should see no, that the- They are too. No, should- they're not. A lot of men are lining up.
4: No, they're not. Yes, and you're yeah. scaring them all away. <laughs>
2: I- every single one of them. Marina's mine. She's all mine. <laughs> If I can't have her, no one will. Uh, All right. Is there oh, any other God. points on All that All
3: right. Call? Uh, uh, I think I'm going to have to quit this podcast. <laughs> just awesome.
4: Try me a man. I, All right.
2: So Josh Koscheck, oh, Eric Silva, which I said this was a bad idea. I, I don't understand how after getting choked out.
3: Maybe you should call Josh and tell him you should be his advisor.
2: I, I He didn't seem that, that broken up about it. But listen, but that's what's sad about this. Let me talk for a second. Uh, Josh one. Koscheck. <laughs> I don't understand what athletic commission lets a guy who gets choked out brutally with foam coming out of your mouth. A Brazilian one. Uh, two weeks later, I have a fight. That to me, that's 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 wrong. I don't. I think you need time. Okay. I don't. I know that these fighters are super tough, especially a guy like Josh Koscheck. They have no quit in them. Sometimes people need to be saved from themselves. Okay. I said this is a bad idea. Now, that being said, he did look okay. He 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 actually threw some crazy punches and, and and wild punches and was landing and he, he did he looked better than he did against Jake Ellenberger. however, he got caught in that same choke, which is grinding against a cage, not the exact same but pretty much the same the 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 uh standing guillotine um and he went down and uh you know what it's, it's kind of sad because when I think of Josh Koschak, I think of the college wrestler Josh Kosschak, the guy who wins and all I think he's a four time all american won it. Uh, the national championship two years in a row. I think he lost his senior year in the finals, but he was still amazing. That Josh Koscheck who fought GSP twice, that, that rising star in the UFC, that, 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 that force to be reckoned with, Dude, it was, just, it was knocking fools out at one point. His beautiful double leg. I don't like seeing Josh Koscheck after losing three in a row backstage going, yeah, you know, I, I think I did okay. It's like he has been content with losing. And you see it all the time with some of these legendary fighters. You see the Kevin Randlemans losing the last six in a row. The Gary Goodrich losing nine in a row. You see it with a lot of these guys where they just – it's sort of a paycheck. They, they're they they're content with losing. And personally, I, I don't like seeing that because I look up – and really put think these guys the on content, a pedestal.
3: Do you really think it's the content of losing or do you think that it, that these guys who have been fighting – these crazy wars for years they're just doing it for the thrill i'm sorry yes the paycheck does come after but there's something inside of you that like you you get addicted to that rush you get you you like the
2: attention you you
3: you 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 get a paycheck after right that's a guaranteed but they do it for the thrill like this is a very short-lived business very short-lived business and you, a lot of fighters don't have opportunities after fighting, and they don't they don't have an exit strategy, and they're just going to enjoy it just how they want to. And he's just one of those fighters.
2: I understand. You, well, I, I totally understand that. But I understand when I when I wrestled in high school and college. It was my life. It was my life. And when I quit, I felt like I was nothing. I felt like I had lost everything. Like uh, uh, Everyone who saw me was like, how's wrestling? How's wrestling? Oh, champ, champ, champ. And then you miss that and you feel like you got nothing going for you. Okay, look past that
3: though. He was a wrestler. Okay. And then he went into another sport.
2: I understand that. But you're missing my point, uh, which is that I do think that A, there needs to be some sort of Better financial advising going for these guys if it's for a paycheck. Maybe they need to see a therapist, a sports psychologist saying, listen, you're not just a fighter. You know, you got to look at the bigger picture. Maybe there needs to be some kind of program where after fighters lose, they set them up with coaching jobs or training jobs or UFC gym jobs, whatever it is. I understand these people need that validation, but it sucks because at what expense? Uh, there's going to be brain damage. There's losing. There's going to be this that. Luke, want to weigh in?
4: Yeah, I mean, it's it's such a strange subject to talk about, but it is true. I mean, the the one that came to my mind when you were talking about, you know, I don't like seeing Josh Koscheck. I like seeing Josh Koscheck, uh, the wrestler, the guy doubling. I thought Anderson Silva. That's who I thought. I thought Anderson Silva knocking out Forrest Griffin. Mm-hmm. I want to remember him like that, not like the tarnished guy that he is now with the drugs and all the, you know the broken leg and everything that's going on and it it's good it happens to everyone like marina said short-lived sport this, this sport it will happen to the best in the world they will become not the best in the world and they will get beat and they will get beat repetitively at the end of the day the sport it keeps growing it keeps getting better the athletes keep getting better and josh was one of the best in the world he's not anymore you know and I don't believe he's doing it for a paycheck. I think he made a hell of a lot of money in his career, and I don't know if he wasted it or whatever, but I don't think he's doing it for a paycheck. I think he's doing it for what Marina said, and it's that fi- the feeling I try to put it as. It might be different for this second fight. I'm not so sure about the second fight, but when you're preparing for a fight, and you're a week away, two weeks away, and you're in the best shape you can be in, and you are you you know you feel untouchable. You feel in that that place where... I can't be better than this at the moment. That's how I feel when I get ready for fights, when you go towards fights, when you're in that shape. And having that feeling of being in that sort of condition and putting all of that thing into your, everything into that sport and everything that you love, is such a strange feeling that not many people get to have. And then you get to walk out in front of thousands of people and live it, you know? And I think that's what he misses, or and that's what he's trying to get back is that feeling, not so much that the attention, people are like, oh, he needs the attention. It's not the attention, it's the internal feeling of, Putting everything you have into something. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. And I think people need to learn to find another thing to put put everything into, which is yeah. what you were trying to say, which is a great idea. You know, it's a great idea to think, oh, okay, mate. But, but to get to this point, to get to where we are as athletes, where Josh, Kef- Josh Koscheck has been, to fight GSP and have those fights you spoke about, there has to be something slightly wrong with you. You know, <laughs> like you have to really – want something and if you get to that level of wanting something believing in something and pushing yourself that far you can't just switch it off you know and that's why you saying that you need someone to you know someone to protect them from them so you know let them do what they want to do. He's earned the right. In my eyes, Josh Kochek has earned the right to fight whoever he wants, whenever he wants, however he wants. And if yeah. So what that,
2: about, what if, about ten years from now when he's so dead, when he's got brand damage? Yeah, that's, yeah,
4: that's his, his choice.
3: responsibility. That is his responsibility. But what about when
2: he's drooling? Uh, I mean, and he and, and the guy can't tie his shoes. Yeah.
4: I mean, but the, does that
3: mean he's not happy? Come on. He, with what he's done in his life, people can't say that they have done what he has done in the sport and in in, in life. So maybe he's just living out the rest of his dreams and everything that he's capable of doing physically. Yeah, and like,
2: I'll watch it. And, and I yeah, will watch I, it. I'll watch it. And let's take it back to And him. I'll root for him. But like Jens Pulver is fighting or, or fought recently and I mean no, nobody should be given I'm sorry, but you know you don't want to see fatalities in the sport. Uh, you don't want to see guys get severe brain damage. You I mean, don't. A- and I understand, well, he's earned the right to get severe brain damage, is what you're saying? Well, okay? no, I'm not
4: because he's not going to get severe brain damage. <laughs> no, he's you know, he, he got choked unconscious twice. You train MMA every single day, you're going to get choked out a few times. You know, that happens. So, what you the, the point you were trying to make is that. You don't want to see it happen. You're a fan. You know, yeah. I'm a fan of the sport. I'm a fan of Coach. You don't want to see the guy turn into this guy. But that is what happens. That's that is, part of that's it. life. You know, you 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 peak, you become the best and then you're going to you're going to fall. The guys are at the top of the sport right now. One day they won't be the best. Yeah, know? but then let's all and, right. and They
2: should set them up with like like for They a,
4: shouldn't do anything. They shouldn't <laughs> Who's they? Who are you talking about? It's up to the individual. The UFC, individual. They the should, UFC they should have no responsibility. set them up with
2: like Koscheck Diego Sanchez. If they want to fight yeah. you know, I I mean Eventually, if you're going to have guys like Koscheck still around and some of the other guys still around, I'm talking about like a maybe have like league, a you you know, maybe yeah. maybe have that maybe have the Kimbo Slice Ken Shamrock, but, but they're you not going to
4: want to do that, you know. And the UFC <laughs> doesn't want to be a part of that, and that's just just, just not going to happen, you know. Like I know what you're trying to say, and I agree with a lot of things you're trying to say, like trying to set them up, but it just doesn't. Life doesn't work like that. At the end of the day, for me, MMA or the UFC, however you want to look at it, is like. A physical representation no, of life like yeah that's what it is no, that's so what like, when i used to work cruise
2: ships right i used to wear a cruise yeah. ship and they bring on these comics that at one point were on johnny carson yeah, yeah. had had that glim in their eye that and, and then now they're up there and they're telling like two jews walk into a bar mitzvah you know yeah. like yeah. and, and <laughs> jokes they get off the internet and, and i'm sitting there going oh like this guy at one point and that's what these guys are sort of becoming and, and i there's always that chance that kashog wins he fucking connects with that right he, he 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 may knock out Eric Silva. There's always that chance. And the guy, you know, he asked Dana White for the fight. Dana says, you know what? He's a name. He wants to fight. Let him fight. I, I get it. It's just sort of as a fan. It sucks. You, you, yeah. you, you know, you're used to looking at a guy a certain way. When they lose four or five fights in a row, I mean, you, you look at all these all these legends, all these legends, uh, they're, they're sure dog accounts. You see eight eight losses in a row and seven losses in a row, even guys like baroni, you know who who I love baroni, you see six losses in a row, I mean, yeah, I like seeing that Phil baroni like
4: four losses in a row four, yeah. <laughs> yeah you know I no, know, I know I know, but that's 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 what and that's what I think is great for the fans they get to see. The growth, they, and they get to the problem with the fans is they jump aboard to another ship, but they get to see the growth. They get to see people.
2: I of- jump. I, I jump on ships. <laughs> Where, who's the one who interviews fucking Gary uh, Goodriches no, no. And, and Jens Pulver and Mark Coleman? Marina just pointed to me like I jump on ships. Are you? <laughs> out your fu- easy.
3: Fucking mine. That was. I'll, if there was a that was easy button, would press the, it I, right I'm, now. I'm
2: about to go <laughs> jump <laughs> Sorry, on your fucking <laughs> boyfriend's ship on the tugboat, and th- th- that's the only ship I'm jumping on. I'm not fucking. I'm jumping on ships. Give me a, these other fucking podcast you know who they interview the people fighting this week I'm interviewing Rob Van Dam okay I'm interviewing uh, talking fucking, about
4: weed talking about weed
2: worldwide. worldwide that was a little strange worldwide. Okay, but, 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 but I'm interviewing people after they've they've long forgotten them. I'm, I'm not a bandwagoner no, no listen, way.
4: listen no you feel one. better now yes. uh, yeah. okay <laughs> I agree you want a well,
3: cigarette or something uh, Jesus I want to Rob Van Dam weed <laughs> Jesus Christmas he's gonna
4: brand that now and make millions <laughs> he should um, but no, like, my point is it gets get you to appreciate the now. Like, I know it sounds strange <laughs> and I sound like a bit of a fairy, but it gets to, you get to look at these guys that have gone through that stage and now you get to look at the people that are doing it right now, the guys that are the best in the world right now. And it means so much more to me when you get to see that these people are actually human because the cost checks, the other people, you see them fail, you see them fall, and the guys that are fighting right now and being world champion and destroying everyone and looking unbeatable, they actually are right now, you know, and that you can see... It's not going to last forever. They should cherish it and the fans should cherish it and they should look after the people while they're there because one day you, you never know where you're going to be and that the sport is, as Marina said again, is short-lived and I think it's great. Like, it sounds weird. I don't think it's great that Koscheck's going out there and getting beaten or something, but it's nice to see that these people are human and, and that they... They can lose a fight, you know? You have a
2: very intelligent British perspective on this. (laughs) Yeah, but,
4: I mean, I'm trying to sound... I'm not, like, going all, I don't know. It's like I've been smoking weed and thinking deep about it. I I understand. I I think that's very admirable. Where's your girlfriend go, by the way? I have no idea. She left because you were perving at her.
2: (laughs) I was not perving at
4: her. She's wearing
2: clothes this week. The last last time she was here, she's wearing, like, a pasties. Anyway, so... But, yeah,
4: uh, that's what makes the sport so special. I know it sounds...
2: No, I I, air, but... I hear you. No, I I it does feel special. It's just it just it just sort of like you just you know you watch the NCAA's, you see these guys. I remember watching Koscheck and that, and then you you see his journey and the Ultimate Fighter and this and that, and then losing four fights in a row and going, you know what? I, I think I, I I like did some good things in this fight. And, like you didn't get out of the first round, you know, and you, you see you you're sort of seeing a, a guy who's sort of broken and yeah, and uh, and I you know I I respect it. I enjoy watching it, but at the same time you have to look at the fact like, you know. We haven't seen 10 years from now. It is a new sport. We haven't seen the type of brain damage these guys can get. And, yeah, no one's forcing them to get into an octagon. No one's forcing them to walk into Nobody, nobody's, gym. A lot of these guys are, you know, Kostak went to a four-year college. You could do a lot of things. You can do a lot of things, Josh. He, he chose to be an MMA fighter.
3: Exactly.
2: But at the same time, you know, I think it's— I think Would he, would he
4: to, like, this is if you got him on the podcast today, would he regret the things that he's done? Probably not. Probably not. He's you know, and that's that's what you got to look at. Like it, again, I'm not being up and down, but in life, you have got to take the the good with the bad. You know, what I mean, he's had some fucking good times, and now he's having some not so good times. Right. Speaking of know? good
2: times, we have Derek Brunson. We're going to call him right now. I know that I'm jumping on the Brunson bandwagon, according to my according to my co-host really? Marina. Where You're so butthurt
3: oh, all the time. I am
2: not butthurt.
3: All the time.
2: Just just with your butt. <laughs> you do have a nice butt, you Oh,
3: my God. No, you have, like, a booty. No. You don't think you have a booty?
2: I don't want to talk about this right now. A dunk? She does have a dunk. Like, honestly, you could make 125 if you didn't have that butt. You
3: probably
2: could make 125 if I didn't have You definitely have a 20-pound ass.
1: Is
2: that part going to be on the podcast? Hey, Derek Brunson
1: what's going
2: on what's going on you're on the mma roasted podcast it's me marina shafir what's luke, that luke barnat how's it going derek? man
4: Barnett. Barnett you can't say it, probably don't worry about it
2: uh so so uh, so uh derek you're you're killing it man you won the last four to five fights that last fight you won you did a crazy dance afterwards i've never seen that dance yeah. before where, where did you learn that
1: Nah, that's it's something called a whip You know, that's what we do That's a little urban dance, you know So that's probably why you've never seen it before <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's, okay That's like, like like Ghost Ride the Whip That's kind of what that was uh,
1: Okay, yeah That can be your spin on it
2: <laughs> Now, uh, now you, you, you're killing it, man and, now, and by the way, you are hilarious on Twitter You have some of the funniest tweets Which is why I always put you in that group text chat because uh, I think you're very underrated as far as your
1: humor goes. Uh, for... Yeah. Well, I actually got more humor than I show, but you know, being that obviously being a professional athlete, you under a little uh, everybody's you know watching and paying attention. So I really can't you know go too crazy. But yeah, I got a little humor.
2: Now, uh, so exactly like one of the um one one of the, like your last tweets that you wrote, you said. Uh, you said uh, you you were watching uh, some kind of show uh, about swinging, Neighbors with Benefits. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and
1: uh,
2: yeah. Y- uh, you, you wrote, y'all go ahead and share your ladies. I'm stingy as fuck. Sorry, I didn't le- learn how to share in kindergarten. So. Uh, Correct. You're not really into swinging? No,
1: nah, I'm not sharing my chick. Wow, are you a swinger?
2: No, no, not at all. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure oh, okay. either. Yeah. He's
3: lying right now. No, I've never sworn. <laughs> well, I, I, I think
5: he's lying.
2: And then also, you ran into your ex-girlfriend. She asked, where are you moving to? And you said, on to better things.
3: Oh, shit.
1: That's Oh, yeah. No, nah, I, just, I just dropped little quotes here and there, you know? Okay. Just, that one had no meaning behind it. Yeah. Also known but, as yeah.
3: knowledge. Dropping little quotes of knowledge.
1: There you go.
2: Now, you, uh, go. you also wrote, if CM Punk walks out with Pettis, you want to walk out with The Undertaker.
1: Yeah. What's wrong with that?
2: Nothing's wrong with that. Nothing wrong. Uh okay. And then you went off about, like, Ronda Rousey. You said, you're a beast and all, but you will not beat men in your weight class in the UFC. Girl, bye. Uh, and
1: nah. She's good, of course. Ronda Rousey's an absolute beast. Like, she might armbar me, but I'm going to pick her up and curl her, you know? <laughs> but, yeah, of course. You know, she's one of the most dominant women, RG, most dominant women ever, you know? She's really talented, but... You know, talking about guys in her weight class that fight UFC, she wouldn't be
2: those no guys. So yeah, so you, you 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 don't think that she would be TJ Dillashaw or or a Barao or any of those guys? <laughs> Hell no, no. Yeah, I, I I happen to agree with you uh, on that one. Uh, now, uh, I remember last time you were on the podcast, we talked about uh, oral sex. Uh, you said that you've never oh. went down on a girl before. Uh, that you refuse oh. to go down on on chicks. Is it, has that still happened, oh. or? or uh, <laughs> Wow. did I say that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you this stuff, you
3: probably say. did because those are the kinds of things that uh, Adam remembers <laughs> most. No,
2: you, know, you did. You said that you just you just you you refused to go down on girls, which I I, I think that's horrible.
1: Yeah, i I don't even know what's going on. I don't know how I can answer that because if I said that before, then, you know, um, Has you know to, I, know. I know to Things, have, that. Changed. I'm things have changed. Things have changed. So things the
2: things have changed. So now you're just now you go down all the time. You're just into eating vagina. That's what your thing now.
1: No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. I'm all day, every day. I don't every remember day. seeing that. I don't remember the conversation. <laughs> so, in other words, I'm not going to speak on it.
2: Really? Because remember last time you were like, "Hell no, I don't do that shit." But but but, and then a lot of people complained about that. A lot.
1: You've actually. You know what? You know what? Let's talk about it a little bit. Last time you might have asked me was that like a uh, just a compulsive. Uh, vagina eater and that's when I was like no I'm not and that was the end of the story from what I can remember
2: <laughs> oh okay. no I'm not okay so, so you're not a compulsive vagina eater but you will <laughs> you will from time to time go downtown if the, if, if, it, if it smells right right if, do you do like, the old like taste do you do, you do the old like thing, one finger in sniff and then pretend do you on the belly button Luke. test
3: what,
1: what, is, what did Luke say what do the, what what the
2: rest of you guys have to say I say
3: that? you gotta do the belly button test what's that the belly button test what if you, it starts stinking like right up there then don't go downtown so you that's what all my guy uh, friends have told me
2: to so do so, so guys smell your belly button
3: no not me all my i have like two older <laughs> brothers and all of them have friends and all of them have like been at a table talking about it and they say they're gonna kiss the girl's stomach, and if it starts smelling funky, they are going right back up north. Hmm. Now, when you had your lesbian experiences, oh my god, move on. <laughs>
2: oh, okay, all right, move on. Because um, Marina, move on. Uh, okay, all right, okay, I, I won't move I won't, on. I won't, I, I, I move on. Don't I will fuck now. you up. I, I know you will. Okay, I know. okay,
4: all right. I'll protect you. Let's go. Let's go. Thank
2: you.
3: Okay, really, all right. So, Marina, Marina, <laughs> uh,
2: Marina has made out with girls before. Oh my god. Uh, but she's never. Ooh. Have you ever? Did you go down on the girl or no? Did you do the belly button uh, test? No Okay Alright Alright Alright
3: You just...
1: turned to the Howard Stern show No No
3: No. Not at all. <laughs> That's all exactly right. the dynamic of the show all though uh,
1: Thank you
2: no, 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 Alright So Derek um, Who do you want to fight next?
1: I want to fight everybody It doesn't matter to me Honestly To tell you uh, I like to think of things from a business standpoint And obviously Anyway it's my business You know And if I had another business I'm not just going to go out there And do the craziest of things But um, I look at it like this: I fought the number two ranked guy in my in at middleweight. I fought the number five ranked guy at middleweight. You know, so um, I don't know. Um, I think I I just need to keep getting better. That's all I care about right now. As long as I keep getting better, I think the rest will take care of itself. So. I am not know like huge rush, you know. I'm more consistent with um, I'm more concerned with getting consistent fights, you know, than who I fight, you know. Um, I think a couple more fights, you know, then I'm ready to start calling people out. But um, yeah, just trying to stay consistent, you know. I mean, just trying to um, just keep getting fights, you know.
2: You're, you're you're right there. Now, one of the guys you you did lose to, uh, you were winning. I mean, Yoel Romero uh, before you fought him was on a Huge pedestal. People were really scared of him. Uh, I think you kind of uh, made out the blueprint to beating him. You, you you had him beat two rounds. I mean, you out wrestled this guy. Uh, I think people people really forgot how good of a wrestler you were. And that and that last round, he caught you, which was like oh, so heartbreaking because you were right there. He did shit his pants during that fight. Uh, how much did that affect the fight? <laughs>
1: Smelly situation. Ah, uh, yeah, that does not affect the But uh, yeah, of course, my wrestling's really good. You know, um, I went to a D two school, and I was a three time All American there. And a lot of smaller schools don't get a lot of credit. But at the end of the day, it's two people in front of each other, and you're wrestling. You know, some people have better coaches who're going to teach them better material. But just because you went to a D two versus D one school, that don't necessarily make you the better wrestler. And um. Yeah, my wrestling's really good. You know that's my strongest attribute. So um, I was definitely confident in that Romero fight. And like you said, he did catch me in the third round. I would think I would have won the fight thirty twenty seven. Yeah, given the last minute and a half.
2: Yeah, you were right there. It was that was that was heartbreaking. Now now he's fighting cool. Jacare. You fought both those guys. Who do you, who do you think wins in that fight?
1: I think uh, I think Romero would beat Jacare pretty easily. I mean, that's just my opinion though. I think uh, remember will win. I think uh, Jacare probably have a hard time keeping up with Speedy. Jacare isn't very fast. He just, uh, you know, uh, he's pretty strong. He's a strong weight. but uh, I wouldn't say he's uh, very fast. Remember is very fast and dynamic, and he moves around a lot. So.
2: Now a lot of there there have been kind of grumblings that Jacare uh, his body has sort of transformed over the years. Uh, and he's become sort of this bodybuilder now, which is weird at age, you know, late thirties, you kind of blossom into this strong man. Uh, any, any comment on that?
1: You know what? I'm not going to sit up here and just call people out uh, if they haven't been tested positive, but I mean, come on, you can look at somebody and tell them, tell what they're about. You know, I think it's a joke. So I'm, I'm really liking that a lot of guys are getting busted, you know, with the new PED um, enhanced testing. And I hope that it continues. Everybody continue to get tested a lot because um, it's ridiculous, you know. Um, if you can't go out there and fight like a man, and fight, with, and go in the gym and you know lift weights because you want to be strong and have a lot of power, then you know you don't deserve to be knocking people out, you know. So I mean, you know, I think everybody should work hard for whatever they get, and I'm a proponent of that.
2: Luke, any questions for Derek?
4: Yeah, I mean, um, what's up, Derek? You right? what's up man how are you i'm good i'm good i'm good I-, I was gonna say about the old fight as well like uh well obviously when do you want to fight next because you said you want to fight real quick and it's uh, your last fight was in january so it's been a little while are you if you're not booked are you booked up already you don't have to tell us who but if you are booked up or no i don't have
1: anything you know um any i don't cards have anything right now just kind of waiting till someone gives
4: me a fight any uh-huh. any cards you look like the look of anywhere you want to fight in particular?
1: Oh uh, no! Like nobody particularly. I don't really care. It Doesn't matter. Um, obviously I just want to fight. Take a fight that makes sense. And um, I guess at any time where I can get a six week training camp, then I'll be good to
4: fight. So. So you you stay you in know. shape all the time, and you just need the six weeks to get prime, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And six you weeks. Know, said, that'd be you said about Yol. Um, obviously because he's got the fight coming up, so we're kind of talking about him a little bit. And the thing I notice about him is like you said very very fast and unorthodox and explosive like do, but do you feel like when he fights uh Souza or Ray, he's going to be able to handle the ground game cuz he doesn't seem to do a lot on the ground and you've been on the ground with him and you know do you think he's going to be able to out grapple him on the floor?
1: That, now that might be the X factor. you know, um I don't know how much or how good uh Yoel's Jiu-Jitsu is, you know from Top position. I would. I don't really see Jacare taking him down. I really, really don't. I think you know. I don't think Jacare even gets close to taking him down. But you never know. It's, it's a fight. You know. Anything can happen. You know. He can set up some punches good and shoot a double leg. So, but that might be the effect. You know. I believe that he pretty much easily deal with Jacare on the seat. I think he takes him down whenever he wants. But the thing is, when he does take him down, if you take him down, what does it look like? Him in Zachary's guard. Does Zachary lock up a kimura? You know, does he sweep him? Does he get on top? And obviously, you know how good a
4: Jiu Jitsu is. Yeah, because I mean, Yo, for me, his style, it's, it's like the weirdest style in the UFC because he'll go all out on the feet with the strangest strikes in the world, jumping knees, flying elbows, whatever. Yeah. Then he'll gas and grab hold of you. because <laughs> he's got such good wrestling, he manages to get you to the floor and then he just kind of lays on you like a turtle and then then get up <laughs> and then go over again, you know? So I wonder if. He he panics against Jacare, goes for the takedown, and then he has to work on the floor. You know, like actually has to do something on the ground to keep. And, and right. then he could gas out. I mean, that's how I look at it. I, I don't know who's going to win. You've been in the cage with both of the guys um, and have a much better outlook than I do. But I can see that if you can continue the fight with uh, with him, like if you can keep pushing the fight, pushing the pace, he he looks like he'll gas. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, but you know what? Funny enough, though, that's kind of like a fight. That's like the the beauty of a fight. Like it, obviously he has power, so if if a guy try to rush and push the pace, then he might hit him with the kitchen sink, you know. So it's kind of like you know you gotta kind of be strategic about it. You know maybe you have to let him last a little bit longer rather than you know I don't know a guy like you would be you know difficult because you got the length and you can you know really get after him early and you know make him work towards the end. But you know just for you know average guy, I can see it being you know. Problematic. Like. Yeah,
4: you don't want to get hit with a kitchen sink, especially by Joel uh, Romero. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. he, he throws some <laughs> power. Oh,
2: now, uh, now, are you training with John Jones all the time?
1: Um, whenever I'm in Albuquerque, yeah, I am. So, uh, before when I get a fight lineup, I head out there to uh, Albuquerque, and you know, I'll be about um, five to six weeks
2: in. Did you guys party together back in the day? Or yeah,
1: I mean, John hang out all the time. Just me and John, we just hang out and go and hang out. That's it. You know, we go out, we go out, and that's
2: about it. Really, you guys aren't like. I, mean, I know you two are going like just probably just plowing chicks in Albuquerque, right? I mean, it's probably, it's probably you know Brunson and Jones Central. You guys are just kind of hitting the town. All bets are off, right? Is it is it crazy nah, we days? We out, man. That's
1: <laughs> it. We just go hang out and dick. Can you, you just do.
3: entertain him and like maybe just <laughs> no, nicely lie no, to I him? Can't not. Please. He just wants to hear that you guys that. are getting all the chicks team. every day, tag teaming it, high-fiving guys- every weekend. <laughs> That's what he wants nah. to hear. John,
1: John has a fiance. Uh, so so, so go, you guys
2: aren't yeah, Eiffel yeah. Towering girls?
1: No. Nah. Did you
3: forget? Like he's no. got like a fiance. All right. So John has family. a fiance and a
2: family. Yeah. Now, 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 when uh, that when that whole thing happened with John Jones, as far as you know, with the cocaine and everything, were you one of the guys mm-hmm. he went to? Did you give him advice? You say, "Listen, man, calm down. You got the whole world." Were you like, "Hey, man, don't don't worry. You you'll get over this." Did you kind of big brother him a little bit?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I talk to him. I send text with him, you know. Just uh, so let him know I got his back, and you know, obviously you have to make smarter decisions than that because you know, obviously I'm not about that. I never have been, you know. And mm-hmm. I'll be quick to tell someone when they're wrong. So you know, that's all. Just a little encouragement, and just like, hey, what are you doing? You know, make better decisions. Mm-hmm.
2: Now, uh, if you've talked to John, because uh, he he uh, blocked me on Twitter for making jokes about him. <laughs> he did. <laughs> Uh, if you could tell him, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a big fan, and we'd love to have him on the
1: show. Uh, yeah, I awesome. I got, I got another question. Hey, saw, some people can't take a joke. I guess uh, I saw you and King Mo go on at it one time. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. King Mo got. A,
2: I had to, I had to call King Mo and be like, "Hey, man, I was kidding." He's like, "Who is this?" And I'm like, and were, he goes, "I don't even know who I'm talking to." And then he was actually super. He was actually super nice about it. I. I find that, you know, I mean, it's hard. I'm in a tough situation where, you know, guys, yeah. you know, comedy is about, you know, making fun of guys who are doing really well. You know, John Jones, King Mo, those guys are on the top of their game. So they're kind of fodder for jokes. So, um, and it's hard because a guy gets caught with cocaine. There's so many jokes there. A guy pokes people in the eye. So, so many. many jokes. And, so, you know, King Mo opens himself and he takes himself so seriously that it's fun to make fun of him. At the same time, yeah. at the same time, you know, sometimes people get upset. But if you talk to John Jones, tell him I'm I'm actually a really big fan.
3: He just wants <laughs> to be able to DM him now
2: on a regular. Yeah, right. <laughs> so now, now, what about you? Do you have a girlfriend? You married? What's going on?
1: I have a girlfriend.
2: Nice. What does she look like? Yeah does
1: she look like you Puerto Rican and pretty.
2: Ah, oh, Puerto Rican. Nice. Those go- oh, Puerto my
3: God. Winners. Jesus those, Christ, sit down.
2: Those are the best girls in bed. I swear to God, I've been with a couple Puerto Rican <laughs> chicks. Am I right? Did, 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 did she go, I papi, yeah, Mr. Brunson? Player. Oh,
1: yes. Really? <laughs> what? Well, well,
2: well. Do you give her the Brunson burner?
1: <laughs> <laughs> give her the Brunson burner? Yeah. <laughs> what is that? I my, I was, my college coach was throwing me a... Brunson Burner,
2: whatever. I don't know. It was like the Brunson Burner was like, this, I used to do this like science project. Oh, it's the Bunsen yeah, Burner. Oh,
1: it's the Bunsen Burner. Oh, right, right,
2: right, right, right. right, 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 right. <laughs> there you <go>. That's why they call me Brunson.
1: So the, I'm like, yo, Burner doesn't sound good with anything, you know? So, yeah, you don't want
2: you don't, you to don't give a girl a burner. She so may have to get tested afterwards. Yeah. That's it, it, rough. <laughs> so you have a girlfriend now. Do you, have, do you have any kids or no?
1: Yeah, I have two daughters.
2: Two daughters. And how how old are they? Seven
1: and
2: eight. Now, is it hard for them to watch you fight?
1: No, yeah, they, my little girls are really active and they like to wrestle and stuff like that. So they understand it as a sport, you know? So they always watch it on like DVR or like right after or something like that.
2: Oh, good. Are, are you going to get them into jujitsu or?
1: Uh, probably not. Um, I don't know. I I'm, might, I'm, like, I'm thinking maybe some like, uh, Muay Thai, something like that. That'd be cool. That'd you be know? awesome. Um, I don't know. Whatever, whatever they want to do, you know? Cool. So we'll see.
2: What do they think of like your dance afterwards?
1: But they love
2: it. They're like, "Oh, my daddy!" They just like doing a dance all the time. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that is so cute. Now, now back in now back in North Carolina in college, you must have been the man, right? You're a four time All American. It's a, it's a, a smaller school. Were you the big man on campus?
1: I
4: was.
2: Yes, I was too. Nice.
4: You used to run that shit.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> How, uh, I got a question. I went like. I I was talking about the guys earlier. Obviously you tried out for the season of the Ultimate Fighter that I was on with all the guys. Um Right, right, right. And you couldn't get on there. I think it was a contractual thing with Strike Force, right?
1: They were racist. Yeah. Because the racist. Because they had like four black them. they tell.
4: Yeah, and um and you <laughs> did you have to I can't i I was trying to remember the memory, but we all had like food in this big room together. And was that like after making weight? Did you have to make weight? And then they cut, they got yeah. off the show after. So yeah, they yeah. forced you to make weight. Then they said you couldn't fight.
1: Well, I, I, well, when we were going back and forth, making the sauna runs, whatever, I was down to weight. And right when we got to the place where we were about to weigh in, like 30 minutes before, that's when the producer came and was like, Hey, you know, uh, Force, we've been trying up until the last minute to get you released. force won't release you right now. Blah, blah, blah. And she said, but you still can wait in just in case we can talk with somebody and they can let you, uh, they'll let you, you know. And I think it was, there was some big storm in like New York. I think the straightforward, or some, somebody was stranded in like a big storm. And uh, it was like the big rainstorm they had up north. And the person wasn't able to be reached. So I was just kind of like, <laughs> left out there. So we had to like start the show up to some
4: and do you feel like? Do you think feel like you missed out not being on the show, or you do you prefer just going into the UFC the way you did it, or or like how do you feel about that?
1: Uh, I don't know. Um, it was okay. I mean, either way would have been either way would have been good. You know, obviously for the uh, show, you guys got a lot of um, publicity, whatever. You know, this is great for your PR. So that's the only thing. You know, that it would have sold me a little more with that, but I guess I think it complain too much.
4: Did Did you watch the show?
1: Yeah, I watched it was good. Yeah, who was your
4: favorite member on the What
1: did you say?
4: Who was your favorite cast member on the show? Who was my
1: favorite what did we say, you
4: Luke?
2: Oh, you're that uh, you're such a cheese ball.
4: Uh, there we go. That's what that's what I wanted. Nice one, Derek.
1: Uh, well, I was, uh, man, I was watching this show like, man. Honestly, when we all tried out, I was like, Man, we got some really good guys right here. This could be like the best ultimate fighter ever, just for the personalities and watching Gil dumbass walk around all naked was, you know, I was like I'm glad I wasn't on this show. But uh Who? But Kendall I don't Smith. know. It had oh, a lot okay. of people like Bubba. Bubba was a big crybaby. Uh, you know, you got Clint, a Boy, just you know <laughs> uh I don't know, you know, it was Kelvin, a lot of personalities. Kelvin, so Kevin, Kevin.
4: Kevin Casey, that was a good season. It was by by far, you know, not being biased, but it was the best season of all time. So that's uh, let's... It was a good season. It, it was surprising. I mean, Uriah Hall losing to Kelvin
2: Gastelum. A lot of people lost money on that one. <laughs> a lot of people lost money on that one. So listen, listen, I, Derek, you're hilarious on Twitter. You're a great guy. You're a good role model. You, you, you know, you, you're 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 guiding John Jones in the right direction. Um, <laughs> What I, what I do think though is you got to start calling people out because you look at the guys. I mean, yeah. Luke Luke Rockhold Machida. Who do, you, who do you like in that fight?
1: Who I like in that fight? Um, you know, what? I might go to Rockhold. I think so too. I think I think, so I think just that, I don't think he's going to knock him out or anything. I just I think with the activity, Rockhold does a good job of uh, keeping the pace high and you know high output. Um, so I'm gonna have to go to Rockhold on that
2: one. Weidman Belfort.
1: Why go for I'm gonna to have to go with uh Weizen
2: on that one uh Barnett Munoz
1: oh you uh, you playing <laughs> Munoz, huh i think you i think um, i'm going burn
2: you you go with Barnett. okay uh marina Shafir uh Ronda no, no, um uh Rhonda versus bess Correa. um
1: I'm
2: going with Rhonda. Yeah, that's a good but uh she's a fifteen to one favorite. Uh Jessica I. Yeah. Jessica I versus Misha Tate. I'm going with I haven't seen much of Jessica I, but I have to go with Misha Tate. She's pretty
1: tough.
2: I hope not. Just because if she wins, she's she's gonna get the third fight against Ronda. If Ronda gets beat Batch, I think it's gonna happen. And I, I just I I think I think Rhonda has just too much for Misha. I, I think she's mentally broken. I don't
1: know. You know what? I can I can kinda of see what you're saying, but I think if Misha, you know, comes down to Greg Jackson, I think we're we're looking at a good fight then, you know. I think uh one of these chicks need to get smart and get some get some game planning. Like, who in the hell told um cat cat, you know, watch this, watch this to go out there and just, you know, <laughs> run at Rhonda like that, you know? She put like so much time into that. And I know she trained hard and worked hard and to let it to just go out there and just do that, that that was awful.
2: But you do think there's a girl out there that's that's uh, going to beat Rhonda?
1: Do I think there's a girl? Oh, oh, of course, eventually, you know. I mean, I think I, kind of tough. You know, it's like, you know, Ronda is really good. You can't make mistakes against her. If you do stupid stuff like keep your hands around her head, your limbs out, you know, or run at her and, you know, get into a scramble. I mean, obviously, when you're in a scramble, you need to stay tight with somebody that good at an arm bar. So, you know, I think it's little things that. We can see more out of fights, you know, because
2: uh, nobody Ronda, so, has so, been able to push. So Ronda versus Cyborg.
1: Ooh. I, I mean, honestly, I can't bet against Ronda at this point. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Marina, would you like to
2: weigh in? Marina, by the way, Marina Shafir is Ronda Rousey's roommate, uh, who's our I, I, co-host. Would
1: you, I've like, seen would you like to weigh in around. on this?
3: Uh, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm liking which way he's going right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, for real, I can't bet against what are you, you fighting team rear right? You like three and or oh, something like that?
3: No, I'm actually one and one.
1: One and one? Okay, yeah. I don't know. Okay. All right. Well, I was wrong. <laughs> but uh either way, um Raleigh, Raleigh's tough, you know, even if Cyborg I think you know what, funny enough, if Cyborg would have just came to the UFC um about a year ago and stopped complaining about the weight, you know, I mean I think we would have it would have that would have been a mm-hmm. better chance for her to get Ronda, but Ronda just keep getting better mm-hmm. and better, so yep.
2: What about Ronda versus your Puerto Rican girlfriend? Mind. Say that again? Your, your Puerto Rican girlfriend against Ronda.
1: Um, I'm going to say my Puerto Rican girlfriend because <laughs> I'm going to jump in. <laughs> 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 I see my girl get her ass whooped in front of everybody.
2: Come on. I know you look bad as a unit. That's true. I'm telling you, man. Puerto Rican girls know how to move their butts, though. They, they do, right? <laughs> they, they know how to. I mean, they're, right, right. They're on top of you, and they, they just know when to. when to. They, they have great timing. Uh, okay. They have great hip timing.
1: <clears throat> great listen, timing. Huh?
2: Great setups. Uh, listen, Derek Brunson, it was an honor having you on. We, we are big fans. Uh, where can people find you?
1: Um, everywhere. I don't know where you want to come to my house. Nah, uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh Derek Brunson. uh Instagram the one Bronson, Facebook Derek Brunson. not my personal page, my athlete page, and that's about it.
2: Well, thank you for coming on the show, man. No worries. Thanks for having me. Take care, Awesome, nice Take it easy. Bye. All right, later guys. And next See. week we have Henzo Gracie and uh, Ryan Lafleur on the podcast. We have oh, Henzo awesome. coming on? Yes.
3: Yeah. So,
2: have you met him yeah you guys he gave me
3: my purple belt really yeah what was that like it was cool i went down to New york city for the like the belt promotion because my 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 head jiu Jitsu coach was like really big on me meeting him and it was right before i moved to california and uh like i come up to the belt promotion and he's like oh And I'm like, okay, thanks, dude. (laughs) Really? Yeah, it was cool, though. He was really nice. People say you guys look alike. I don't see it, though. No, when when we're, like, next to each other, we look like we're fucking related. The way Mm. we talk, it's the same. Mm. Yeah.
4: The arms. (laughs) (laughs) You left yourself open. Come on.
2: Come Uh, on, man. By the way, next week, I got to tell a story. I forgot to tell a story about how I got sued for $20 million when I was in college. Somebody told me I was telling the podcast.
3: You should talk about it.
2: I will. So remind me, next week. I'll you got it. $20 million? I got sued. Go nah, they, it went to the Supreme Court of Brooklyn, but oh, yeah. it got thrown to the court. But it's a funny story. Also, next week, we're going to have MMA roasted t-shirts. You Yay! can buy off my website, adamhunter.com. Um, there's no fights this week, huh? I enjoyed watching the Titan FC fights last week. And congrats to Pat Healy on winning the belt. Love that guy. Put a tough guy and, and won. He grinded it out. Put a guy that I think was a better athlete than him. And uh, Pat's just tougher. Sometimes guys are just tougher, you know?
4: Pat, I mean, I've trained with Pat. Uh, he's a real tough dude. Obviously, I'm a lot bigger than him, but my training partner, John McGuire, they, uh, they went at it and sparred for his fight a long time ago in the UFC. And, yeah, Pat's been around a long, long time. And if he wasn't just like Van Damme and loved the weed, he'd probably be making (laughs) big money. uh, (laughs) uh, He's done well and he's... He's crazy good. You know, one of the guys that's, that's floating around now, and he's still a tough dude and, and can beat a lot of the guys out there. So
2: I said the fight was like him, uh, ugly and hard to watch. Mm-hmm. And, and he actually I tweeted that, and he goes, that's very true. <laughs> 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 he's a good sport. He's a good sport. So, uh, uh, yeah, no, we, next week we'll talk about Khabib, by the way. He, he's, he's going crazy on Twitter. A lot, a lot of things to talk about, but... Uh, uh, Evan, by the way, we're having five more podcasts this week. No kidding. Evan, Evan I, if it was up to. Well, listen, Evan uh, does a great job. Don't me he, he's, our, he's our unsung hero here, Evan Evan the Beard. So if you see Evan the Beard. Uh, give him a
3: pat on the back. Give him a pat on the For back. Sure, don't touch him, uh, <laughs> Don't touch him. He will fuck you up.
2: Uh, you could see Evan on Tinder. Some um, <laughs> Some uh, And uh, so, Marina, where can people find you? Marina Shafir everywhere.
4: Yes. And uh, Luke? Uh, at Luke Bonnet wherever you want to look um, and hit me up hit you up
2: and at Adam Comedian I will be uh, at the Irvine Improv this Tuesday at the Hollywood Improv this Wednesday night
4: oh yeah how come you were in in San Diego the weekend you didn't even I was there I was was there one night just one night Uh, and then
2: I will be uh, next uh, this week I'm in the Looney Bin in Wichita, Kansas Wichita, Kansas uh, at the Looney Bin Thursday to Saturday hopefully you can come to a show take care guys and have a great week
3: bye bye